You are now tuned into the Boxing Bros. Happy New Year, and we are officially beginning 2022. I want to start this off by saying happy birthday to my brother, Wills. Happy birthday. You can wish my brother, Wills, a happy birthday in the comment section. We actually was at his party uh, last night and early this morning, so we're dragging a little bit. You know, forgive us. I also want to send a shout out to my brother, Trill Dollar Bill, who did Golf Brooks, Low Places, and shut the place down. But perhaps the most impressive thing that night from my brother, Trill Dollar Bill, was he was surrounded by alcohol and he didn't take a drink at all. Salute to my brother, Trill Dollar Bill, who's approaching one year of being sober. That was one of the most impressive things I've seen from you, like, in life ever so we're gonna introduce ourselves i'm kaden what's going on everybody it's the people's champ the commissioner trill dollar bill you know this new year new g (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be different it's gonna be different you can try to change but that's just the top layer (laughs) it was who you was before you got here (laughs) and it's the t b E, happy new year and happy birthday to all my boxing family, y'all. What up, bro? So we'll dive right into the first topic. And the first topic is Dillian White goes to arbitration to appeal the WBC's purse bid split of 80-20 in favor of Tyson Fury. Let's take a listen. Eddie Hearn uh, did an interview with TalkSport, and he addressed this issue. Here's what he had to say. Let's talk about what against Fury. Frank Warren was saying that Tyson Fury will fight at the end of March. Do you think the opponent will be Dillian White? Well, I mean, if, if we win this first bid, Tyson Fury against uh, Dillian White will be when we say it. But, you know, but there's a lot going on now with the arbitration, the legal case. Dillian White wants his shot. He deserved his shot. And he should be getting a fight with, with Tyson Fury next. We'll see how that unfolds. Um you know, it's a great fight. There's no reason why that fight shouldn't take place. It generates a huge amount of money. And um, we'll see what ensues over the next couple of days. Are negotiations still ongoing, or do you think it is now a case of almost a certainty it's going to purse bids now? Yeah, not really a, a huge amount of negotiation, because obviously there was a ruling from the WBC of an 80-20 split. We don't agree with that. We don't feel like we should accept that. That will be appealed against, you know, via the WBC, via arbitration or via a legal process. Um, and until that ruling is made, then we'll see where we're at. If that's the final ruling and we have to go to first bid for that fight, we will bid what we believe the value of that fight is. And clearly right now, we have a very different assessment of that value than other people, according to the bids and offers that have been made to Dillian White. And finally, as you know, boxing, these things can take longer than, than you want them to. Oh, this is Talk Sport. I'm going to subscribe. You can subscribe to Talk Sport Boxing. Stop sharing uh, the screen. So for those of you who are not aware, Dillian White was offered $5 million to fight Tyson Fury. He rejected. He wanted $10 million. They offered him five. So they couldn't strike a deal. The WBC ordered a purse bid, and the purse bid split was 80 to Tyson Fury, 20 to Dillian White. And now they're in arbitration because Dillian White wants a 55-45 split uh, with Tyson Fury. And so that's what's holding the fight up. I'm going to turn it over to you, Trill Dollar Bill. <clears throat> what's your reaction to all this? 
Oh man, <laughs> poor Dillian. Uh, <clears throat> I okay. Look, I agree. Dillian should be compensated well for this fight, but look, you're getting the, you're getting what you what you wanted, right? You're getting, you're getting what you wanted. You wanted the date with the green belt, and you're getting what you want, Dillian. Uh, I just hope something does. That's why I say I believe it when I see it. You know. Because we've seen the song and dance with the WBC and uh, Dillian White before. Um, hopefully they can, you know, straighten something out. Dillian can get a little bit more with he... <sighs> Poor Dillian. I just, <laughs> I just hope uh, the fight happens and he gets his shot. That's all. That's that's really all I want for 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 Dillian White. I think he deserves his his shot at this green belt that he's been chasing for a while. I just hope that something doesn't happen and he just doesn't get his shot. That's my only problem. You know, um, you're here. You're at the door, Dillian. You're at the door. You're here. Um, I believe it when I see it. I'm, I'm just. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. The the Dillian in the WBC show. That's what it's that's what we, we should have it. For now when we talk about uh uh Dillian White, we're gonna say the Dillian White in the WBC show because that's what it is. It's Dillian White versus the WBC, not Dillian White versus anybody else, it's Dillian White versus the WBC, because that's who he is. We gotta bring back the love box. That is true. That is. Gotta bring back the love box. It is. You're gonna put them in the love boxes. Now nah, look, Dillian White, WBC, Devin Haney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in I just hope that something doesn't happen that he's not able to have this fight. And Tyson Fury doesn't go on to fight somebody else and then or he ends up just dropping the belt and something just happens and prolongs this situation. Dillian White, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I know you feel like you should be, you know, compensated um, heavily for this fight. But if it's not there, it's not there. You know what I mean? Go there and, and, and if you believe in yourself, you know, beat him. Then you be the man that, you know, is the A side. That's how I feel, you know. But um, with this fight, I believe when I see it is. It's a long time coming for Dylan. <laughs> All right. New G. Yeah, um, I'll say this. I think WBC is out of order for the 80-20 split, but I also believe Dylan White is out of order talking about a 45 split. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole party is outrageous. Me personally, you just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Me, I'ma say 70-30 makes sense. Uh Dillian White, you know, he does have a name. I don't it depends too on where it's gonna be. Is it gonna be here in the States or is it gonna be in the UK? If it's in the UK. I, he could probably make a good argument, but if it's in the states, man, I'm I'm sorry, he's not like he's not a pay per view guy over here. So to me, I kind of I agree with what Trill's saying. Like, yo, you actually have the opportunity to win the belt, and then when you get the belt, you could negotiate and on your terms and stuff like that. Right now, you just gotta take the belt. I don't think they should give you an a twenty. Hopefully, uh, uh, when um Eddie was talking about 
you know, their lawyers negotiating a better uh, split for them. Hopefully they can get that. But I think what's fair is 70-30 for, for uh, this fight. Um, and then hopefully from there, man, he could move on from this. And now he's a champion. He could negotiate his own terms with, with future fights. But I, I wouldn't I would even entertain a 45-55 split. That's outrageous to me. And this 80 20 is too, it's funny money. So I'm like, damn, WBC sound like they really don't rock with Dillian. You know what I mean? But Dillian seems like he's, he's, he's just, his head's in the clouds, man. So I really hope, like, if they say 70 30, just take it and get that fight popping. So that way, now you can fight, you know, whoever. You don't even have to fight the other champion. You could, just with that belt, you could fight other guys and, and make your own money, you know? And, and to be honest with you, I can see why he's saying 45 because he's selling out arenas in the UK anyways, you know, so maybe that's their argument. They're probably saying like, Hey, if we do this in the UK, you know, Dillian has been holding it down this market, blah, 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 blah. He's a household name in the UK. So maybe that's what they could do to, to up, up that, you know, that, that split. But if it's in the United States, man, we don't care about none of that stuff, man. So Dillian, man, just take whatever they give you at this point. So you can finally be a champion. Real quick, Trill, if you if you had to give a split, what split would you say is fair for Dillian White? Uh, well, I get Dillian, right? If he's going in there doing the whole, you know how we hustle, right? We go in there and we say something high, right? We started there high, you know? <laughs> um, but I think fair, fair, I can I can entertain a, a, a 70 30. I, uh, 35, 65, you know, I can, I can, I can entertain those numbers right there. That those would be fair. Those would be fair. All right. Ned, the T B E. 80 to 20. When you hear that out loud, like I'll give you 80. To, I, I take 80, you take 20%. That That's like a slap in the face. <laughs> it's very, that's very like insulting. But when you hear $5 million, that's not that bad, but it makes you wonder. Like Dillian, for Dillian, if I'm Dillian, it makes you wonder well, how much is Tyson Fury getting paid. But at the end of the day, that's none of your business, Dillian. Five million dollars more than enough to be compensated for this fight. But if you could fight for a little extra change, go ahead. But don't don't do it to yourself where you're um, you know, this is like dictating your fight, and now you're like it just puts you in a whole another mindset. But you know, get paid, brother. You know, you, you get punched in the face for a living. I can't speak on that. So <laughs> get any, every cent you can. Here's the problem with the world today, particularly in boxing, is everybody wants everything and no one is willing to compromise or concede. And what I mean by that is Dillian White, Spent all this time campaigning, saying he wanted Deontay Wilder a thousand days. We've heard the rallying cry, right? We've heard all this. And only to get the fight ordered now, you're next in line and say $5 million isn't enough. $5 million is more than he normally gets, right? $5 million is around what people typically get when they're of his caliber facing the champion. So why does he want more? Okay, let's look at the arguments for Dillian White. He beat Provekin, but he also got knocked out by Provekin. He beat Joseph Parker, but he also 
almost got finished by Joseph Parker in the 12th. And then you saw what happened with Chisora. He beat Chisora, but it was a close fight in their in their first fight, which they needed a rematch to, you know, have a definitive winner. And he was down on the scorecards. Chisora had lost a point. So Chisora went for broke and got knocked out. But at the time Chisora got knocked out, he was ahead on the scorecards. So he was losing to Chisora when he knocked Chisora out. And, and kudos to him, he knocked Chisora out. But let's let's be fair, Chisora has gone on to lose to Usyk, has gone on to lose to Joseph Parker. And to me, Usyk and Joseph Parker did it better than he did the first time. So <clears throat> now let's look at Oscar Rivas drop Dillian White. When you talk about Dillian White, his popularity is in the UK. But when's the last time Tyson Fury fought in the UK? You think that Bob Arum wants to pay $5 million to Dillian White to fight in the UK? Hell no. They want him to come to America. So Dillian White comes to America. What is his draw in America? What, what are people going to say about Dillian White in America? Dillian White couldn't sell out a high school arena in, a, in America. You understand all of his lore, all of the people who love Dillian White are across the pond. Mm -hmm. Tyson Fury is universally recognized. When you say 80-20, I don't see how they can change that. Tyson Fury's highest paydays are in the range of, I don't know everyone's money, but if you go off of what people are saying, he made 50 million. Some people are saying he only made 20 million. But notice those numbers in comparison to 300,000. And you're talking about someone about to get their highest payday and they're still not satisfied with it. I don't know when that started happening in boxing because it didn't used to be that way. People used to be grateful for their greatest payday. This thing, what's the other guy making? This is crazy to me. So you're Caleb Plant, and you're about to fight Canelo. And they tell you flat out you're going to make $10 million. $10 million more than you've ever made. Probably if you take every other fight you had in your career and combine the purses more than you ever made for one fight, and you're going to say, well, what's Canelo making? don't matter he's making what he normally makes based on what he generates because of who he is and he could fight someone else and give that other person a 10 million dollars dillian you're only in front of tyson fury because you're his mandatory if you weren't his mandatory he could still make money fighting someone else he's your meal ticket he's your chance at solidifying yourself He's your chance at elevating yourself. You benefit by fighting him. He could care less about fighting you. So why do something that could potentially ruin you getting your shot? You know it took a thousand days, and if this doesn't go well, and Fury says, forget the belt and throw it in the trash, people are going to be like, if, if they order Fury to fight Dillian White at a 55-45 split, we all we know Fury going to throw that belt in the trash and fight whoever he wants. And Dillian White's going to be the newest pride champion. That's what's going to happen. You know, at the end of the day, man, I, I really miss the days when boxing was about getting the opportunity, proving that you're the best. 
taking it instead of trying to melt the cow, instead of trying to worrying about other people's pockets, worrying about this. And when all is said and done, if this fight doesn't happen because Dillian, to me, it's on him, it's on himself. Like I'm I'm I will be done feeling sorry for Dillian. Yo, 80-20, if they say it's 80-20 and it's 80-20, to me, that's fair. Because you look at Tyson Fury's resume, not to say that it's as good as Dillian, because some people will argue Dillian has a better resume, but let's look at money generated. It's not even close. Definitely. This is a very, very compelling argument, bro, and I actually agree with you. But just to play devil's advocate, what would you say to the people who feel like uh, – Dillian White deserves a, a major payday after being through all those wars and being dropped those many times like you just alluded to. What would you say to those people who feel like this is him um, cashing out, cashing out. <laughs> or, try, or trying to cash out? What would you say to them, my brother? Well, I think like, <clears throat> you know, you can have emotion. There's, you know, there's like having an emotional attachment, sentimental value to like a story, right? But all those things don't matter when like you're at the negotiation table. It's like, yo, I feel for you. I understand what you're trying to do. But, you know, at the same time, here's what you generate. Here's what you've done. It's like, um, take uh, Caleb Plant, for example. Caleb Plant could go to the table with uh, Canelo Alvarez and be like, I'm trying to do this for Tennessee. I'm trying to bring these belts to my daughter. I'm trying to do all that. Yo, all that's emotional. <laughs> all that, yo, I feel all that. But in the end, here's what this guy generates. Here's what you generate. Like, um, and, and with Dillian, it's like, yo, I feel, I feel for Dillian. But, you know, his beef is with the WBC. His beef is with them and what they've done. So if he wants to cash out, we'll see. What maybe the twenty percent ends up becoming more than five million. Maybe it won't. It's his gamble. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like he was being robbed. If I felt like he was being robbed, I'd be on a train too. Like, yo, hook Dillian up. But I think five million dollars is five million dollars. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Eddie Hearn says that Joshua has been training tirelessly. For his rematch with Usyk, and he also uh, gives insight to who Josh was training with, who he's not training with, and a little bit about his training camp. So let's take a listen to what um, Eddie Hearn had to say. Let's talk briefly about Anthony Joshua. He's been out in Dubai training with Lawrence Acolian and Floyd Mayweather as well. What is the latest when it comes to his training setup? Um, a lot of work's been behind the scenes. Generally, the stuff that you see on social media from AJ is not really that relevant to, to the work and, and what's actually going on behind the scenes. And I think when we talk about a fight with Usyk, which we expect to happen probably in April time, camp will start at the end of this month or in early Feb. So we have to be in a position to move on that at pace. Um, and he has to be in a position to move with a training team. And I just finished a call where they said, you know, you're concerned. He still hasn't had got training yet. Or I said, well, what? I said, well, what? you don't know that. You know, just because he doesn't post it on his Instagram doesn't mean he hasn't been working tirelessly behind the scenes, which he has. So now, you know, once camp starts, you can expect an announcement from AJ to to let everybody know about where he'll be training, who he'll be training with. And uh, like I said, there's been a lot of work going on in America, in the UK with trainers to make sure that he can hit the ground running and have a perfect camp for what is a really important fight. Let's talk about White against Fury. Frank Wilson. So- 
heard it from Eddie Hearn. He doesn't really show. He doesn't really show what he's doing. Or you may not really know from his social media, but he's been working with trainers in America and in the UK. Um, and he's been working tirelessly preparing for the rematch. Caspera uh, G, what's your reaction to uh, Joshua? What you heard about Joshua, and, are, and, and does that make you worry? Are you content with it? How do you feel? I'm going to be honest. I didn't need to hear Eddie Hearn tell me this information. I thought it was a no-brainer. Like, the way he got embarrassed by Usyk, I know that man's working hard. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm just being 100. He embarrassed me. You know what I'm saying? I had a, <laughs> man, listen, man. OG, I know OG, AJ. OG, OG. Same OG. Same I believe AJ is doing whatever he can to win back those belts. You know, so I didn't really need Eddie Hearn to tell me that. I think this is a no-brainer. Um, and you know, hopefully, they, I know they mentioned uh, Floyd Mayweather. Hopefully, Floyd could activate something within AJ so he could become uh, victorious during that Usyk uh, rematch. Dollar Bill. Um, this is good. This is good. Um, AJ, like I always said with AJ, what made me like him is because he wants to learn. He wants to get better. You have to admire that and respect that in a champion. Um, in his defeats, the young man made no excuses. Even though we all said that there was something going on with the Ruiz fight, the young man still never made no excuses. Even with the Usi fight, the young man didn't make no excuses. He says, I lost to the better man. Got to respect it. And what he is doing, you have to commend. He didn't sit back and cry and make up excuses. He wouldn't get some work in. And we know this. Like G says, a no-brainer. We know this. He's he's trying. He's 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 gonna. This is gonna be a a, a new AJ. It's gonna be a, a new new AJ, a new and improved AJ. Because I know he is focused and he's locked in. Because he's like this guy beat me. He beat the best me. You know. He said, I was prepared for this fight, and I wanted to go in there, and I wanted to outbox this man, and this man beat me. So now let me see if I can go in here and best this man this next time around. And I think that is so dope, man. That's what makes me like this young man so much and chant for this young man. Uh, so I hope he really is putting in work because Usyk is special. And he's going to, just like you getting better, what do you think Usyk is doing just sitting back on the couch? <laughs> you know, because believe it or not, Usyk is not saying like, you know, you no, know, G said that uh, you know, Usyk embarrassed him, but Usyk didn't see it that way. Usyk seen that fight totally different than how like others might have said that, oh, you know, he was embarrassed, but Usyk was like, no. Uzi's seen it different. So I know Usyk's gonna be trying to get better too. So I think that we're gonna see another high level uh Heavyweight performance, you know, and I think it's gonna be dope. T B E, man, I don't know what to say on this, man. I'm a little, I'm a little emotionally tied to this topic, and you know, AJ, I want to see you come out with the best, yo. You know, 
And I hear you got you got the trainers around you. I hear you got you're training with Floyd Mayweather. I just hope it brings out the dog in you. And then really, you just know when you gotta stick your claws in somebody, because that's all you lack is the killer instinct. Once you gain that, yeah, you're unbeatable. And hopefully, everything works out. All the tools you have around you, all the resources you have around you, all the great minds you have around you are able to unlock all of that, and you able to um, bounce back from that loss we saw. So AJ, wish you the best, man. I mean, for me, it doesn't really tell me much. When it comes to Anthony Joshua, the only thing that's going to matter is how he performs in the ring. I never watched AJ and think, like, this man lacks skill. Um, earlier on, he seemed like his conditioning was questionable, but he improved it, especially after the Andy Ruiz fight. So I didn't look at the Usyk fight and feel like it was his conditioning that caused him to fight. Um, of course, like he can try to improve on that if he can, you know, but, um, it's one of those deals where I just feel like Usyk is a well-conditioned athlete. So you're not gonna like out condition Usyk. So it's more a matter of being able to do what you need to do for 12 rounds to get the win. Um, mindset has always been my thing with Anthony Joshua. I just feel like he has a mindset of. He doesn't want to get embarrassed or he doesn't really go for it because he's afraid that he might get embarrassed or, you know, sometimes, you know, it can just be like shell shock. Like um, he got caught by, you know, that punch by Andy Ruiz. And ever since then, I've never really seen him commit the way he used to for the knockout. Um, you know, in many ways, it's um, not to, not to say it's to that level. But it's almost Adrian Broner-like. And what I mean by that is A.B. used to let his hands go and go for the knockout. After the Madonna fight, he seemed more cautious with when he would throw punches, almost to the point where it's like he doesn't throw punches anymore. Um, and it's like I feel in A.B.'s mind, he's always worried about what happened with Madonna. So it doesn't he doesn't really open up. Like even in the fight with Sean Porter, he didn't open up until the 12th round and he dropped him. But by then, it's like it's too late. Um, I feel like AJ, um, you know, he's he, you you don't want to get hit. Obviously, it's hit and not get hit. But sometimes you have to commit, and sometimes you have to go for it. And not doing that can cost you later on um, in the fight. You even look at like um, Charles Martin and Luis Ortiz. Charles Martin dropped Luis Ortiz twice, and I felt like if he would have jumped on that man, he probably could have stopped him, but he didn't. And later on, Luis Ortiz ended up catching him with the shot to stop him. So it's just moments like that with AJ. Um, I know we all have noted where AJ landed two punches to the body, stopped Usyk in his tracks, and, and I know I certainly felt like, go for it right now, test him, and he didn't do anything. And it's like, yo – your advantage isn't like trying to outskill Usyk, trying to box Usyk. You need to be trying to hurt him and then test him. Hurt him and then test him. And I think because of what happened with Andy Ruiz, he doesn't want to get into that type of fight. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that I can say about AJ and a lot of things about trainers, but at the end of the day, it's in here. Do you have the heart to walk through that? Do you have the heart? And when things get tough, are you going to refuse to lose? At the end of the day, it's really that. Refuse to lose. I saw Shane Mosley rock Floyd Mayweather early in the fight. Um, it was like second round. 
the bell rung for the third round. Floyd was right there in the center of the ring. And from that point on, he beat the brakes off of Shane Mosley. And he was sending him a message like, I will not lose. And sometimes I don't see that from Joshua. I feel like the blueprint on Joshua is hurt him early and make him doubt himself. Hurt him early, make him doubt himself. It's like, yo, hurt me early. I hurt you more than you hurt me. Felix Trinidad style. Like those are, that's what I feel like's missing from AJ. So the trainer isn't really going to tell me much. AJ's going to tell me what it is during a rematch. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is legendary Larry Holmes says that Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder don't have skills. Take a listen. What do you make of the skills that Fury has, uh, Anthony Joshua has, Deontay Wilder has? They don't have no skills. Really? You don't think so? No, they, they can't. Listen, yeah. they, they, you got to punch here. No guy punch. They throw punches like this for, for a jab. You don't throw punches. Like they straight. Bang. Bang. <laughs> with the jab. You got to have that out there like that. And you guess what? You can't hit me with that right hand because this hand protect me. They don't do. They don't know how to throw one two. Bang bang, and get out and move out. Protect yourself. But you know what? They have it. I had my day, and uh, I had great time doing what I was doing. Because a lot of people would say that. All right. So. He heard uh, Larry Holmes. He said that they don't got no skills. They don't even throw the jab right. They don't. They throw it from down here. They don't use their shoulders. So, um, what's your reaction to Larry Holmes saying that the that the heavyweights today, particularly Fury, Joshua, and Wilder, don't have any skill? I'm turning over to you, Dollar Bill. What you What's your reaction to that? We're talking about the great Larry Holmes here, compared to Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes, we're talking about the student in the game, Larry Holmes, who is, uh, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali's uh, sparring partner, Larry Holmes. We talk about uh, the, one of the best jabs ever, one of the best technical heavyweights ever, best technical heavyweights ever. We're talking about Larry Holmes. I know the jokes go on about Larry Holmes is a bad mother. We got a show come, coming out called Give Them Their Flowers, man. And when y'all hear about Larry Holmes, man, y'all going to have to put some respect on Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes was a bad man. So when I hear Larry Holmes, of course, if he's comparing it to him, <laughs> Larry Holmes is pointing it to his standards, comparing himself to himself and Ali. And, you know, that, yeah, it's totally different. It's different. It's different. But um, Fury... Joshua and Wilder, these guys are are good heavyweights, and um, Joshua got skills. Fury, he has he has great skill. Um, Wilder got power, you know. Every these these it's it's like you know the arguments that you have with the kids nowadays. You know when you say, "Hey, well, you know, you know, Magic was a bad mother." You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, "Hey, man, you know." Braun out here doing it like this, that, and the third. And you're like, hey, but you know, the behind the back pass, that came from that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, but times has changed. Things have changed. Um, but I, if Larry, man, I'm not mad at Larry. Larry's saying that because, you know, Larry, Larry, you know, 
times is times is different. He's coming back from from his era where you had to do every last one. You had to be good at everything. You had to have power. You had to have a great jab. You had to have everything. You had to be the total package. Now some of these guys are not the total package. Either they got speed or they don't have no power or they got power and they don't have nothing else or they have a great jab. and You know what I'm saying? Or they got size or, you know what I mean? Back then, they must feel like, you know, they had to be the total package. So I'm not mad at Larry Holmes for saying that, you know, because compared to him, <laughs> Who's right? Who's messing with Larry? All right, all right, conspiracy. G. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I see what the old head is saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> watch your mouth, G. All right, that's all, 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 all due respect. Because all right, perfect example, right? I'll, I'll name two fighters, right? That I feel technically at times when they throw the jab, it seems flawed, but it's always it it works. One is Lomachenko, and the other one is Manny Pacquiao. They don't throw the jab the traditional way up here, straight, bring it right back. They don't really do that, right? But nonetheless, when you see them throw them punches and them combinations, they land, right? So to me, it's like he's critiquing these three gentlemen, and he used the jab as the example, right? Now, with Wilder, he does have his hands pretty low when he's throwing, right? And I'm like, oh, why is he doing that? But then I go, these are some heavyweights. These guys, I don't think, like, they're not like the past where, like, these dudes could keep their hands up a whole fight. These guys don't do that. They're trying to reserve as much energy as they can. They throw fast shots, you know. So it's like when I see that, I go, it's just a different style of fighting, right? So it's like, do you say they don't have skills because they choose to keep their hands low? I won't necessarily say that, right? So – <laughs> I, that's why I'm like, I, I, go ahead, True. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, D, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but it, it is skill because you got to understand these guys used to have to keep their hands up for longer rounds. No, I agree. No, I'm not saying, I never said that uh, Larry Holmes, you know, and them fellas didn't have skill. What I'm saying is just because these new guys aren't doing the same thing doesn't mean they don't have skill, you know? Like, and, and Joshua, to me, has a decent jab. You know, Fury, Fury, sometimes he throws arm punches, but again, it's effective, you know? So I'm like, just because they're not throwing it the textbook traditional way that you're used to, doesn't mean they don't have skill, you know? And so, and again, I'm only talking about his example of the jab. Now, if you were talking about other things, I'd go, hey, you know what? I'll give you that, right? Because you know me, I've always said, Wilder's not perfect. He has a lot of flaws, you know? But again, if you could win, you could win, whether it's by intro mile or win is a win. So you have to have some form of skill to execute, uh, you know, the type of fights that they've done. You know, like, I don't know. I, I feel like all three gentlemen have skills, you know. Now, can they improve? Of course. You know, every fighter can improve. But I don't feel like because the person's not throwing a jab, you want them to throw. Therefore, they don't have skill. That's all I'm saying. And to be honest, and the reason why I called him an old head, it was like, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. But when he threw that jab, I was like, damn, bro. 
You know what I'm saying? It just didn't look good, man. It looked like an <laughs> arthritis, bro. I'm sorry, yo. So I was like, yo, watch your mouth, G. Watch <laughs> your mouth. Watch your <laughs> mouth, G. We all get yeah. the great yeah. Larry. Yeah. Larry's going to be waiting for you outside the grocery store, G. Yo, he's going to be waiting for you, man. He's going to be waiting going to walk out Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen. It's no disrespect. It's all love. I'm just saying. What you say, old. sucker? <laughs> oh yeah. Larry gonna do him like Morgan Freeman when he was the janitor in a million dollar baby. <laughs> one glove on his hand. Just one glove. And you, you can't hit him back, G. Larry gonna run up on G like break yourself, fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have love for my man. The way you show love is is different, yo. You know, it's different, man. My hate is love. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, TV man. Um, now nah, I agree with Larry. I feel like these three guys all hold on, hold on, time out, time out. You saying AJ don't have skills? Nah, let me let me let me clarify mm. what I'm trying to say. I feel all these three guys, these three fighters, like the heavyweight has not been the heavyweight division of all. So these got three guys feel like they capitalized off of like heavyweights who are just big. Like like let, let me just make this clear. Fury, Josh, and Water, they're the heavyweights of today. They're like, but the division is very slim. And when you see guys like Usi come up and they're able to box and move and they're able to have the IQ, the skills, the everything, I feel Fury feels like has a mindset where these guys are big and slow. I just got to outlast them for 12 rounds. I'll punch them. I'll last them for 12 rounds. Wilder feels I have to, like, just hit them with the right hand. I, I through, through their resume, I, all I have is the right hand, my power. I don't need anything else to um, capitalize off of this division. And Joshua was like, all, all um, he, he was training. But he wasn't training to the point where because you could you could see a smallest fitter guy with the actual skills could outbox you like you know and he's let's not Joshua has been in the sport for what uh he's been boxing for more than like what what 10 12 years he started in like his 18 when he was 18 he started very young um he came to the sport very late but he's uh, accomplished so much but I feel like they there's not that much like difference there's not that much variety of fighters like where they're like all oh, these guys are big and slow all i gotta do is just hit them in the face they all of these guys don't have a chance so well larry larry grew up with warriors larry larry was fighting killers back then but there's not that many killers in the heavyweight division and boxing like like trill was saying you have these guys like yo in different rate classes oh if the guy had a chin he'll be he'll be the best boxer ever if this guy had this or um just could um had endurance he'll be the best boxer ever but I just feel some of these guys, they're not all, they're not full, like, they don't, they're not well-rounded. They just have, they have, like, Fury has the, the, um, the movement. He has the endurance. He doesn't really have the power. Joshua has the power. He has the physique. He has the thing. He doesn't have the mindset. He's got the killer instinct. Why has the killer instinct? Why did that have to pause? Why did that have to come in? What's up, physique? Whatever. Let me go. Why got the power in the heart? He got the power and the physique. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Why did they, that's what, why, why did box like <laughs> so you know and Usyk, we don't I don't know, I don't know what's his kryptonite just yet, but Usyk came in here and showed these guys you really gotta know how to box in this game. Like y'all, y'all was sleeping on the heavyweight division, he showed them like what really boxing really is. So yeah, I feel you. I feel you. They, they were just alluding to what I was saying, basically what I was talking about. You know, if, if Larry Holmes is comparing it to him, you know, Larry Holmes had it all. He had the movement. He had the power. He had the jab. He had, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, thinking about the physique. Larry had the physique. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ain't sucking me into that one, G. <laughs> <laughs> But it comes from that oh. time where you had to be the complete package. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is like this this is a classic argument that you get all the time. Like, um, I I see it all the time, like cross sports. So my era was better. My era was better, you know, and, and I feel like Larry Holmes is now the get off my lawn old guy. You feel me? Um, I do think he comes from an era where they had to be more technically sound, but they weren't as physically gifted. So I feel like, you know, you had to be more technically sound, but you weren't as explosive as, say, a Deontay Wilder, Larry Holmes. You're more technically sound than Wilder, but you weren't as explosive as Deontay Wilder. But that matters. Like, for example, um, Trill pointed out, like, Larry Holmes who I believe is one of the great fighters of all time, but it's bitter because he never really got his just due. Like he beat Muhammad Ali in a fight where even he was crying afterwards. Like he didn't really want to do it to Muhammad Ali. No one loved seeing Larry Holmes beat Muhammad Ali. And then he ended up losing his title to a man moving up from cruiserweight, Michael Spinks, right? Who Mike Tyson knocked out in 91 seconds. And, um, you know, even Tyson beat uh, Larry Holmes. But here's the thing. Larry Holmes may have been more technically sound than Iron Mike, but Iron Mike was more explosive, faster, better athletically. So, you know, technical ability will only get you so far. In these, in this new generation, you're talking about super heavyweights. You look at, like, Muhammad Ali, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, six, 218". In his prime, and, and like you know, at his peak, you're talking about Tyson Fury, 6'9, 270, <laughs> Wilder, 6'7, you know, 230. You're talking about Anthony Joshua, 6'6, like 240 to 250, depending on how he wants to come in. And these guys are explosive, they're fast. It's a different type of ball game. So it's like, you know. You can be technically sound, and I think being technically sound will always have a place in the sport of boxing. You look at Alexander Usyk, for example, and how he was able to beat Anthony Joshua. That was great technical skills, but that's also Usyk being special. That's also just like unique, whatever. So I feel like whenever you're talking about sports and you go back to depending on a generation, they're always going to say that. Like, I hear people say Larry Holmes ain't good. You talk to my dad, he'll tell me, the real fighters fought 15 rounds, man. And there was never, and you know, they look down on the fighters who fight uh 12 rounds, right? The, the real fighters fought 15 rounds, right? 
You look at the people who look down on women's boxing like, oh, they only fight two minute, 10 rounds. Well, that's what the old heads say about our fighters now. They don't fight the full fights. They don't fight the amount of fights or the amount of rounds, and they don't and they don't have to put in the same amount of time. Larry Holmes and um and and Joe Frazier, I mean Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier came down to who just came off the stoop because they both were ready to quit in the thrill of Manila. They both were ready to quit. So, like, you know, I feel like what ends up happening is people look at their era, they automatically think their era is the best. People praise Tom Brady. They call him the GOAT. People from Joe Montana's era still say that Joe Montana is the GOAT. And here's why. 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Never threw an interception. He played in an era where you could take the quarterback and body slam him if you wanted to. They weren't going to stop it. Now you can't even go too low on a quarterback. You could chop block. You can do everything that they root out of the game. You could do when Joe Montana was quarterback. Still won four and never threw a pick in the Super Bowl, right? So if you look at Joe Montana, they're saying, you bring Joe Montana in this era where you can't breathe on a quarterback, the dude would throw 6,000 yards a year and 50 touchdowns. There's always going to be that cross comparison. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I think, you know, what Trill said, uh, I agree with. And I get what Ned, Ned was saying as well. If you're comparing their skills to Larry Holmes, no, they're not as technically sound. But just because they're not as technically sound, it doesn't mean that they're not skilled. Wilder knows how to set you up to put the right hand on your face. That's his gift. That's that's what he works on. That's what he does. Tyson Fury may have his hands low, but nobody can hit him. He's elusive on defense. He hits you more than you hit him. And he's figured out a way to win every single fight that he's ever been in, including beating Vladimir Klitschko. I would love to ask uh, Larry Holmes if he thinks Vladimir Klitschko is a skilled heavyweight. Because if you think Vladimir Klitschko is a skilled heavyweight, look at what Fury did to him. Look at what Joshua did to him. So, you know, you may not see these guys as being technically skilled the way that, you know, we look at skill. But these guys are explosive. Their size, they have other things that, you know, give them the advantage in a fight. So even if you're better technically, you still might not win. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Larry Holmes says the current heavyweights are afraid to fight each other. Uh, let's take a listen to what the legendary Larry Holmes had to say about the current heavyweights. The heavyweight division is on fire. There's so many guys uh, that are making waves. What do you make of the current crop of heavyweights and their talent and skill? Well, the fighters today is not the fighters that was <laughs> when I fought. You know, we we fought the top ten. We didn't duck nobody. We went around. Look, look Ernie Shavers, Jerry Co- Cooney, uh, uh, Kenny Norton, you know, all those strong guys. Today, they guys don't want to fight. So, you know what? They just, they're not going to get... You want to make the money, you got to bring it to it. You got to make these guys fight. <laughs> Where where did it go wrong? Like, what, what do you think is the cause of that? Of the fighters now in general not fighting the best consistently? I think what I quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you heard from Larry Holmes. He's saying like these fighters are afraid to face one another. In his day, they fought each other. Everyone fought one another. In this generation, people don't face each other. So turn over you to Trill Dog Bill. Uh, what's your reaction to that? I mean, 
true in certain ways. I mean, like we were saying before, <clears throat> it's true. The best are not fighting the best. We have this argument all the time. We say this all the time. But also, I don't think that these fighters are afraid to fight each other. I think they want to be compensated to fight each other. And I think that's a little bit of the differences. Um, it used to be back in the days, used to be the glory. Now it's the bag. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it was two different things back then. Like you was wanted to be world champ. World champ was like the biggest thing. You know what I'm saying? It was being world champ. And now these youngsters says, okay, being world champ is cool, but I don't want to be world champ and be homeless too. A lot of these fighters fought for glory and they didn't have nothing to, to, and that's why here at Boxing Bros, we're giving you a show called Give Them Their Flowers because you want to, you know, salute all the fighters, you know, who are, you know, put it out there, put it all on the line for us, for our entertainment and for the glory. But a lot of these guys, they end up broke with bad health, with nothing to show for it. So I think that these guys, they learn from the past. Yes, these guys, they're, they're in the fight business. I don't think none of these guys are afraid, but these guys do want to be compensated so they don't end up like some of these great fighters from the past that were fighting everybody all the time, back to back, back to back, and not having long careers and being able to make a large amount of money. That's all, right. <laughs> all right, what you say, bro? I said that was just how I feel. All right, Conspiracy G, I agree 1,000 with Trill on this one. You know, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, Unfortunately, you know, these fighters of today have learned from the mistakes of fighters in the past. Yeah, it's always it's great to be about the glory. But if you can't pay your mortgage, you can't provide for your family. What does that mean? You know, so it's like and I, I understand what he's saying, because, you know, we always say this here. We want to see the best fight the best. But at the same time, these guys are trying to make as much money as possible because they know this thing isn't going to last long. You know, like. Uh, a fighter could give what maybe max twenty years, right? What they're gonna do after that, right? So they have to make they have to generate as much money right now to last for the rest of their life, right? And some of these guys are smart enough to think about their generations afterwards. I can't hate on that, you know. To me, that's a logical decision. Like, if you want to go for the glory, that's cool, but you're gonna be broke, like. And that's I think the beauty of boxing that's different from the UFC is the UFC. That's what they do. They fight for the glory. And a lot of these guys are broke. They're champions, but they're broke. You know what I mean? Boxers are making like five times what they're making. And some of these fighters don't even have belts. To me, if I had to pick which sport I want to be in, I'm going to boxing. You know, like it just doesn't make sense to, to abuse your body, lose brain cells and all of that just for the glory. I'm way beyond glory. If I'm a professional fighter, I'm going for the bag. Hey, who do I need to fight to, to cash to, to cash that big check? Oh, if I fight Fury, I'm going to make X millions. Or if I fight so-and-so, I'm only going to make like 100000 Yeah, I'm going to try to fight Fury. It just is what it is. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of anybody. It just means I got to make the best decision for my career. And because not, it's not just my career, it's also my family's career. You know, so... This is and, and to be honest with you, I'm like, who would I rather be? Floyd Mayweather or Canelo? Uh, Floyd Mayweather and Canelo or a Larry Holmes? 
nobody's picking Larry Holmes, bro. They're going to pick the dudes that are making a lot of money. And it's, it's no disrespect to them dudes. It's just, come on, man. Like, you're talking about guys that are generating millions. Like, they said, like, what, Floyd generated a billion dollars? Bro, I don't even know why this conversation is even happening. Like, Larry Holmes, I respect you, but I don't know. It sounds like old head hate, man, to be honest. All right, uh, Ned the TBE. Uh, I Name think emoji. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Larry, Larry might be coming at the American heavyweights on this one, yo, because we was we saw the ones who was ducking numbers a couple years ago when they was getting thrown out, and we was trying to make the big fights. When they was trying to make the big fights happen, but you know, Larry, at this current state in the heavyweight division, I don't think anybody's scared to fight anyone. I think everything's out on the table, and. I think just give it time. We'll see the fights we want to see. If, you know, by the end of 2022, I think a lot of great fights are going to be on the table. I think a lot of the, the heavyweight division, a lot of these fighters got exposed. They, we know their weaknesses. We know their strengths. We kind of know who they are. Unless they really redefine themselves, go go into training, take their training camp really serious, where they're, like, really one, determined to show something new in the next fight. Then that's where I see I see change, but I, right now I feel really feel uh, these heavyweights that 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 they've they've been they've been outed, and their skill they, their weaknesses have been outed, and um, I think none of them are afraid to fight each other now. I think all, everybody take on any any opponent any any given Saturday. A script Trill is working on in the making. <laughs> Boxing Bros films. <laughs> you know, I agree in part with some of what you all said, which is basically today fighters want to be compensated uh, for their work. And I agree that they should be. But there are certain times where I feel like it is inexcusable that a fight didn't take place. And it's like it leaves you wondering, well, why hasn't this fight happened? So, for example, like, if you're talking about like a fighter who can fight someone else and make more money and take less risk, I can understand that. But when you talk about say Deontay Wilder being offered, you know, 140 million to fight Anthony Joshua at the time he was offered that money and not taking it, I can't understand that. Um, you know, hindsight being 2020, he would have been better off taking that deal. Um, he still, even to this day, didn't make equal to or exceed the amount of money in the ring that he would have made off of that deal. So you go back to, okay, well, if you're fighting for the bag and if you're fighting to secure generational wealth for your family, that was it. That was the moment. That was the opportunity and you didn't take it. So to me, that is inexcusable. That is when, say, someone like Larry Holmes, who's the OG from the past, is evaluating that and saying, like, bro, $140 million? I would have fought an animal. I would have fought a gorilla for $140 million, and this dude turned it down, right? So now you have to start looking at the situation and say, well, why did he do that? Some people will say, oh, he was afraid, you know? Personally, I think he was trying to put himself in a position to get 50-50. Like, I, I think he thought, I'm going to reject this deal, and I'm going to beat Tyson Fury, and when I beat Tyson Fury, they're going to have to give me 50-50. And 
And so that's what I think he was trying to do. It just didn't work out that way. But to someone else who hears that you were offered $140 million and you rejected it, they automatically say fear, right? You can look at it as he was taking a gamble to invest in himself. Or you can look at it like he was scared. Me personally, when you talk about professional fighters, I mean, I don't I don't like saying that they're scared. You know, some may be scared, but, you know, you choose boxing as a profession, then you just, you know what it is. And most of the times, these dudes have been fighting each other in the amateurs. They've been going around the circuit. By the time you become a professional fighter, like Sean Porter fought Usyk at one point. Usyk fought better be. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, you've been doing this for so long. You, you, you've you seen each other. You fought each other. Ugas fought TC in the amateurs. Danny fought you know, the, this is the way it is. Mikey Garcia in the amateurs. Even Andre Ward fought um, Timothy Bradley in the amateurs, and they still argue about who won that fight. By the time you choose to go pro, I don't think you're scared. So I don't think these fighters are scared. But what I think happens is the older heads see them rejecting money that they would have accepted, and that's the only logic they can come up with in their head. It's like, yo, they got to be afraid to fight. But some key points during that interview, that same interview, they asked Larry Holmes, did you see Wilder fight um, Fury, the trilogy? And he said, I watched some of it, but I had to work. But I had to work. The legendary Larry Holmes had to work. And therein lies the difference in why someone like, you know, these guys like the heavyweights, they're not taking certain fights unless they're making certain money because they understand that physically they won't be the same. When you walk into a ring, you never walk out the same way that you walked in it. So they understand that. That's why they want to be fully compensated. So I think there's like that misconception. There are certain times where I do feel like fighters should take the money that's offered to them. Caleb Plant with Canelo, when he was about to reject the 10 million, I would have said, bro, it's the most money you ever made in your career. Why are you rejecting that? That wouldn't sit well with me. That would sound like fear, right? Or at least, do I think he's scared? No. Although, you know, he he eventually got in the ring. He did what he had to do. I don't think it's fear. I think it's more like the realization of the risk and want to be fully compensated for the risk. And so uh, that's how I see it. It's a little bit different, but I do think the old school heads they uh you know interpreted as fear the next topic we're going to discuss on boxing bros is hearn is ready to make wilder versus chisora eddie hearn uh during his interview with talk sport was asked about making a fight with deontay wilder and Derek chisora and here's what he had to say coming in you surprised by some of the reaction to your comments about a potential fight between Derek chisora and deontay wilder yeah, I mean, what I said in that fight, you know, I just I said that if Derek gets past four or five rounds in that fight, I believe he can win that fight. I just don't think Wilder can outlast him in terms of his energy. He could get chinned on the way in, of course, because we know Wilder punches like a mule. But, you know, Derek Chisora is not regressing as a fighter. People keep saying, yeah, I need to walk away from the sport now. It's very difficult when you're when you're looking better than ever in the gym, when you're putting in good performances. Do you know what I mean? So to actually, what I'd like to see Derek do is actually have a fight where he's a 50-50 in, right? Luis Ortiz, tough fight, but didn't look great the other week. Chris Ariola, Adam Kanaki. Now, these are great, great Saturday 
in our quiet nights with Derek Chisora. And, and we'll see, you know, we're, we're continuing those talks at the moment. He wants to continue fighting. And whilst he does, and he's, he's fit and, and healthy to do so, I would still love to have him on the shows. I spoke to Derek the other day and he said, as you know. All right. So you heard it from Eddie Hearn. He's saying that uh, he liked to see Chisora fight Wilder. And he thinks that if he can get past four rounds, he has a good chance of beating Deontay Wilder. We have, I still believe, resident Wilder fan, although it's a new G. And maybe he switched. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> That's why it's new, new G. New fighters, new, new fighters for G. <laughs> so, uh, G, what's your reaction to uh, Eddie Hearn saying he wants to make uh, Wilder Chisora? Well, actually, I actually like the fight. However, Eddie, you going to hell, and this is why. Man, Chisora got to hang it up. I honestly believe he has to hang it up. But nonetheless, he makes a good argument. Like Chisora, if he can last the first couple of rounds. Who knows? You know, it's so it's intriguing. You know, I still think Wilder's going to knock him out. But, you know, if Chisora could stay close to him like he usually does, that's going to be difficult for Wilder to, to get him at range. So it's an intriguing fight. So, hey, I would love to see it. You know, I would pay to see it. You know what I mean? Thank goodness it's going to be on the zone, so I don't have to pay per se. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I actually I actually like it. But I just feel like, man, what you trying to do, man? You trying to bury your man? Like, I I just don't get it, man. It seems like Eddie's just going to keep giving this guy opportunity of opportunity of opportunity just to – I don't want to talk negative, man. New year, new G. But, <laughs> <laughs> man, listen. Is this a resolution? I don't know. Is this is this a resolution, G? Yo, man, listen, man. I'm, I'm all about positivity, you know? Oh. Chisora, if you want to take that fight, please actually train this time. You know, like I, I don't. Think <laughs> Yo, my man says, I'm all about positivity. And two seconds later, <laughs> this goes on. God, hey, I'm telling you, this is sound advice. This is constructive criticism. Hopefully, <laughs> Chisora be training like that. Like his endurance is horrible. Like it really is horrible. You know, so. I kind of feel like if Chisora's going to take this fight, he has to really be serious. You know, like with when Chisora fought Joseph Parker, I I I thought his endurance was horrible too, but he's fighting his friend, and his friend didn't want to kill him. You know, so congratulations. But if, with Wilder, I don't think Wilder's going to have that type of kind heart that Joseph Parker had. I think Wilder's definitely going to try to take his head off. So, And even if he does survive the Wilder fight, he's going to take a lot of punishment anyways. So if you're going to take this fight, take it serious, you know, do that yard work. You know what I mean? Like, just get good sparring partners. You know, just take it serious, man. Get a nutritionist. I just want to see the best Chisora. I don't want to see, like, a broken down Chisora that just showed up for a paycheck. Please, if you're going to do this fight, make it one of those, like, historic events where you could possibly win. I don't see it, but if you win, I'll be shocked. And that will be great for me because I'm, I'm at least entertained. You know what I mean? So... And 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 for 2022, I no longer like just pick fighters, right? I'm just now I'm at like, yo, man, all of these guys disappoint me at some point. <laughs> I'm just gonna embrace the sport. If Wilder loses, he loses. You know what I'm saying? AJ loses, he loses. I don't even care no more. It's like it is what it is. 
but I just want to see the best performance. <laughs> so, Chisora, please, man, I'm begging you. Like, take this serious, man. No more, no more of that eating biscuits and, and crimpets or whatever y'all be eating over there, fish and chips. Man, you better eat a salad. You know what I'm saying? With steak. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're going to fight Wilder, bro. All right, G, G, G. Positive G. Uh, 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 on the uh, trail, the other. <laughs> um, yeah, G, G. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of those things, man. Uh, look, I, what, what do I know? What do I know? You know? I'm just giving my unbiased opinion on the greatest sport ever, which is boxing. That's what I'm doing. Uh, what do I know? Uh, I can suggest some things, but at the end of the day, it's really up to the fighter, right? It's up to the fighter on what they want to do. If Chishore wants to keep on fighting, let him fight. I think that the fight uh, is is entertaining. I would love to see that fight. I think it would be entertaining. Um, and some of the other names that Eddie mentioned, too, I think that be entertaining as well <clears throat> but i i do feel what you were saying g because i was like i think it's enough's enough but who am i to say enough's enough that's at the end of the day that's up to Derek, right and we know eddie is gonna keep on giving them fights until he gets <laughs> knocked out <laughs> right for real eddie's gonna keep on getting him fights until he gets knocked out so as long as he can Stand on his own two feet at the end of the bell. He's gonna keep on getting <laughs> fights. You know what I'm saying? As long as he can stand up at the end like, of the what, what was it you said about Chisora Trill? <laughs> you said he make losing look good. Yeah, he, make losing, <laughs> he make losing look good. As long as he can look good losing, he's gonna get another fight. Eddie gonna give him another fight until he gets knocked. <laughs> that's how I see it, you know. But um, hey, that's how I see it. Chisora go. It's up to you at the end of the day, my brother. <laughs> All right, TBE. Yeah, I, I I feel I feel with G. Like Eddie's trying to get his man's packed up, but you know, there's a couple good fights. I could think I see Chisora and I could see Chisora um fighting um what's his name? Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubois, all, all the low tier heavyweights. I've seen him going against Michael Hunter. Watch your mouth. You know what he said? Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his man's to pack up. Yo, Eddie's trying to get his you know, if you want to go out with on your shield, yeah, I, I don't think a uh, right here for a while that if it lands like he throws it, I think uh Chisora never be the same after this. But you know, but you know, do what you gotta do, man. I like to see my guy. Like, if this is what you want, this is this is a goal you want to accomplish, Chisora. Go ahead and ch do it. Who am I to stop you? Yeah, you know, so. Chisora got dropped like three times by Joseph Parker. <laughs> Before your troubles, you want to throw him in there with Wilder next. He's going and I think him. like the telling story is if he gets past four rounds, I think he can win. <laughs> Do you understand what you're saying? If he gets past four, like, do you know what happens if he doesn't get past four? Rewind those tapes. You know, um, I think the thing is, 
they're calling for Wilder Chisora because he's coming off of uh, the trilogy with Fury, and he took a lot of punishment in the second fight and the third fight. A lot of people think there's a blueprint out there to beat Deontay Wilder, and I think Wilder's going to have to immediately dead back. Um, you know, he lost to Fury, so there is a blueprint. However, it doesn't mean that everyone can implement that blueprint. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to be able to do what Fury did. And remember, Fury had to get up to do it. And everyone's not going to be able to get up. So if you're a wilder and you decide to continue boxing, one of the things you have to do is you have to show everyone that, hey, this blueprint ain't going to work for you. And you do that by working. You do that by figuring out a strategy to combat that. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I do think a lot of people who were, you know, somewhat intimidated or looking to avoid Wilder or felt like, look, I, I'll get to Wilder when I get to him, are more encouraged to fight him based on what they saw. And, you know, Eddie Hearn throwing out Chisora can be a good or a bad thing. Um, I know Eddie, in, in the interview, he's talking about he doesn't know if Wilder would come to the UK. And in my mind, I'm like, Dude, you can't think Chisora's A side. Like Wilder, if Wilder wanted to fight him in the States, you're gonna you're gonna say no to that. So he has to fight Chisora in the UK. He gotta go to the UK and fight Chisora in the UK. My thing about that is that probably wouldn't be such a bad thing for Wilder either, especially if he's really considering fighting Anthony Joshua to go to the UK and spark out their beloved uh Derek Chisora, which set it up nicely for a fight with uh, Anthony Joshua. Um, but, you know, I don't necessarily know. You know, Derek Chisora, I feel like him and Wilder are on different planes to me. And what I mean by that is Derek Chisora has been knocked, sparked out by uh, Dillian White. He's been in a number of wars. He's been hurt several times, even in fights where he didn't necessarily go down. Like, at one point, I thought Usyk might stop him. I think it was like the eighth round. Um you know, he didn't get stopped by Joseph Parker, but he got dropped several times, numerous times. I think he's always lost his big fights. He's always lost the big fights. And I think that's the difference. And, you know, if you're saying Chisora, Luis Ortiz, that's more. That's more even to me. When you say Wilder, I just feel like Wilder's going to get him on the chin at some point and it's going to be over. And I, I will say this. Talking about getting past four rounds with Wilder, I don't necessarily know where that logic is coming from. He knocked Luis Ortiz out in, in the seventh round in their rematch. In the first fight, he did it in like the 10th or 11th round. He dropped Tyson Fury in the 12th round of their fight. So I've Wilder, I haven't seen anything that indicates to me that after four, he's not dangerous. In fact, the evidence to me would show that Wilder is one fighter who's dangerous the yeah. entire fight. So I still don't know where, where that's coming from. But hey, if they want to make that fight, I'm down to watch it. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, April 5th at, the, at, at Madison Square Garden. That's what Eddie Hearn is saying he's trying to make happen. Let's take a listen to what Eddie Hearn had to say about the fight. And then moving into April, we hope to finalize Taylor against Serrano at Madison Square Garden, the return of Connor Ben, and of course, 
the big heavyweight fights as well. Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk, and we'll see where Tyson Fury against Dillian White gets to as well. It all sounds brilliant. I wanted to start with. Uh, so you heard that from Eddie Hearn. Hold I don't know what is yeah. he saying. He wants all of that on the same card. Connor Ben, Connor Ben, um, uh, JJ Usyk and Katie Tiller in Serrano. Yeah, I believe so because they're trying to get Usyk uh, and Joshua in April as well. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, it said I I, th- said, I thought I heard April fifth in there, but I didn't hear him say that. So just throwing that out there. Maybe it's not April fifth. But um, turning it over to you, uh, Trill Dollar Bill, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, April, Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor happening? I think this will be exciting for women's boxing. Um, Hopefully they can make this fight happen. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think this will be really dope. Let's, let's, Let's put together a dope card around it. You know? Put a dope card around it. And I think this is phenomenal. I think this is phenomenal. I've been asking for this fight, so. Based on what he's saying, I, I think um, it's possible that it may be undercard for um, Usyk, AJ. Maybe okay. it's co-main, like Co-Main, you know? Co-Main. Yeah, it's still going. It's, it's, it's on the card. <laughs> and, I know, and I know both women said something about that, that they was going to ask for uh, three-minute rounds. I know that they was going to petition and ask for three minute rounds for this fight. So I really hope that this happens, you know, and I think it's going to be dope. I'm I'm for it. Shout out to Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano for trying to make this happen. And then if this can happen, I think it's going to be huge. <clears throat> and that's what's up. Uh, Conspiracy G, new G. Yeah, well, I definitely love this fight. We've been, you know, here at Boston Bros. We've been trying to get this fight happening. So the fact that Eddie's listening I don't know, Eddie, man. You might be promoted a year again for 2022, man. Keep it up, you know. But um, I really would love to see this on the undercard of Joshua Usyk. And the reason why is because this will give a lot of exposure for women's boxing, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's great, you know. Um, it'd be nice, too, to see Conor Ben, you know, come to the States. That'd be cool, you know. Maybe that could be like Carnivan versus uh AB on that undercard. So that'll be a card, man. Yeah. So to me, that that seems stacked. So if they could pull that off, man, the press conferences are gonna be oh, <laughs> everything's gonna be great. So I'm all for this, man. Like shout out to to Eddie Hearn and uh, shout out to Jake Paul, man. For oh, it hasn't been finalized, but if they could come together to make this happen, man, I would love to see it. All right, Ned, the TBE. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. That it just seems like if she's if Jay Paul's, well, maybe he's fighting on this date, but who knows? But this is, you know, this is a fight that's been postponed for a while now, and I'm glad to see Eddie and Amanda have mended their bridge and able to negotiate a date to have this good, this big fight for women's boxing and boxing is, itself. So I can't wait to see this happen because you know it's always a good sport. <laughs> it's business. It's never personal. Never. <laughs> business is business. Um, yeah, so one thing I want to clear up, uh, the April 5th, uh, it's just April. That was a mistake. Um, you know, I thought I heard him say April 5th, but um, he just said April, and I checked, and April 5th is like a Wednesday, so 
the fights definitely it wouldn't take place April fifth. Um, but you know, I think great. You're you're trying to give us the fight we want, especially you know, arguably the biggest fight in women's boxing. The only fight that you can probably compare to it would be uh, uh, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. So you know, that's like one A one B top fights you can see in women's boxing. Um, I think you know if they if they ever thought about three minute rounds for women and they were thinking about, you know, actually doing it for women's championship fights. I think this would be the fight to start. You have Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano to me, you know, undeniably two of the top three women's boxers in the world. You can rank them however you want to rank them, but I think, you know, every list will agree that they're two of the top three, you know, and if you don't agree that they're two of the top three, then I, I mean, your list is your list, but again, it, it to me it says more about you than it does about about them. So, um, you know, if there was ever a fight they wanted to test three minute rounds and see what it would look like at an elite level, I think this is the fight. And so, um, they're going to petition it. I think why not take a look? Let's see how two world class women boxers look fighting ten three minute rounds. Let's see. If it increases the level of entertainment, let's see what it does. And, and then and then let's go from there. Um, so I'm very happy to hear that. The fact that it's going to be at Madison Square Garden, I'm thinking, yo, Eddie, yo, give us those media passes. You know, the people want us in the building. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll right. deal with that when we when we deal with that. You know what I'm saying? I know, like, some people were saying some things and they had some doubts. So you can go on our community and see our numbers for yourself. You know, we get over a million minutes of view time every year, like close to two, three, sometimes even four million. We we only upload videos really once a week. So, you know, it's not and, and you look at that and it's not to say whatever. It's, it's only talking about why we feel like we should be allowed to go in as media. We don't build our channel off of doing interviews with fighters. Otherwise, we'd go through the roof. Right. But that's not what we do anyways uh getting back to it though we would love to be in that fight as is media because you know to help promote women's boxing to also um be there witness the event live and possibly be able to uh speak with our interview the winner that'll be an interview we'd love to do on this show the the winner of uh katie taylor and amanda serrano and the loser in fact there's no loser only boxing wins we all win with that fight so you know uh, I'm I'm very happy for it. Uh, I would love to attend the fight. So if that happens in Madison Square Garden um, in the month of April, which happens to be my birthday month, happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> the next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is, is Earl Spence ducking Terrence Crawford by fighting Eudenis Ugas. Now, there's buzz on social media, Twitter in particular, that he's taking the easy route, Earl Spence, by fighting Ugas, and he's still avoiding Terrence Crawford. So uh, we decided we'll talk about it. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Kaspira G is Earl Spence Jr. ducking Terrence Crawford by fighting your Dennis Ugas. I would say no. The reason why is because Ugas got a belt. So to me, it's like you grab another belt. So then when you're negotiating the split, you have a better chance at being the A side. So I, I don't see that as a problem, you know. Uh, and not to mention Crawford just left uh, top rank. 
So I'm pretty sure he's probably wants like a, I'm not going to say a tune-up fight, but I'm pretty sure if he's going with PBC, he probably has something in his contract that's like, you know, you got to fight this person, then you get the uh, the uh, Spence fight or whatever, you know? So, and not to mention too, man, like Spence is recovering from an eye surgery or whatever. So I don't know if you want to call that ducking, I guess. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it ducking because we know these two gentlemen are going to fight anyways. You know, that's the biggest fight in the welterweight division. We're going to see Crawford versus Spence. It's just a matter of time, you know. So I'm not mad at Spence, per se, getting that belt from Ugas. And that, let me just say this. He might lose that fight to Ugas. You know, Ugas is a skilled Cuban fighter. So it's not like going to be a cakewalk against Ugas. But if he gets that belt, then he has more belts to say, hey, you know what, Crawford? You're going to have to listen to me. I, I make the terms. You know, without that belt, you know, it's possible Crawford has a better chance at I don't, I don't hey man, he might get 50 50, but I, I doubt it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, to make sure that he's the A side, he's going to get that belt from Ugas first. All right, Dollar Bill. This is chess, not checkers, baby. You know? <laughs> and that's what uh, uh, Earl, he's over here doing. He's playing chess. Like G said, he's, he's saying. The more hardware he pick up, it's better for negotiation. And, and that's what I think he's thinking. And, and Ugas, why, why do people say like Ugas is like a, like he's some slouch or something? He beat Sean Porter. He got robbed, but he beat Sean Porter. You know what I'm saying? Anybody with two eyes can see that, you know? Um, and Ugas is tough. And he just defeated the great Manny Pacquiao. Give him some, 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 some respect. Put some respect on that. He's coming. Ugas is coming off of a bigger win. He's coming off of a bigger win. No, it's not ducking that nobody. And 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 we've been to what Earl was gonna do a long time ago. He was staying on the side of history where he is. And to I think until TC decides what he's gonna do, with who's gonna sign with, and what he's gonna do, that all's gonna that's all gonna come out. And I think uh, you know, this is not a duck at all. This is not a it's it's, it's a good challenge and it's good work. You know, it's good challenge, it's good work, and uh, it's good business. You know, so it's definitely not not a duck. Um, yeah, y'all should be asking yourself, what Crawford gonna do next? That's what y'all should be asking yourselves. You know, because um, if I was Crawford, I would have been trying to instead of you know going trying to pick on the guy who's already shot one, I would have been trying to get the Ugas fight. So I would have had, you know, I could be unified and he'll be unified and we could have got it on. But, you know, he wanted to pick on Sean and, you know, that's a, I would try to make something else happen. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, but, no, if you ask me, is Spence Duck and Crawford by fighting Ugas? Absolutely not. All right. Ned the TBE. Uh, no, nah, it's not ducking at all, man. Ugas, it, it's like. If Spence was to fight Crawford before Ugas, he would be leaving money on the table. And I get it, it, like we all just said, like he got it. If he gets that last piece of, if he gets that third belt, it just makes it more, it adds more glim, glamour to the um to the fight when he fights Crawford. When they fight, they fight for undisputed. They get the this a mega fight. It's the biggest fight. It'll be one of the biggest fights of the, um 2022. And uh, who who be mad at that? Like you know, Ugas is holding the strap right now. Let's go get that. I'm we're not gonna. I'm not even talking like he. Especially don't walk through Ugas. Spencer's been 
out of commission with an eye injury. We don't know how that affects him. So, you know, let's see Spence get that strap. We don't know what Crawford's next moves are. We don't know where he's going. He might go to the zone. He might go to match room. Well, well he might go to uh, um, PBC. He might go. We don't know where he's going. So, you know, only time will tell. And right now, Spence don't have time. Um, with, with that time, go get another belt or go try to get another belt. True, let me hold this, man. It's not who's right, it's who's liked. That's that's what it is. It's not who's right, it's who's liked. If you look at this from an objective standpoint, meaning just let's just put our hands up and be objective. When Terrence Crawford was with Bob Arum, after he beat Kel Book, Bob Arum said that Terrence Crawford was so good, he could beat uh, Danny Garcia and Earl Spence in the same night in that he wanted Earl Spence next. They put the mic in front of Terrence Crawford, and he said he wanted Manny Pacquiao. Aram said again he wanted Spence, and they put the mic on Terrence Crawford, and he said he wanted Manny Pacquiao. So at that particular point in time, so let's 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 keep things on a timeline, right? People like to go back to years that have already passed. Let's go. Let's deal with the most recent thing, because don't you know? Oh, uh, you know, like 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 Drake said in his song, "Don't talk to me like I'm the same Drake from a year ago. I'm at a higher place, right?" People talk about back in the days. This isn't back in the days. You understand? Stop going. That's Nas. People talking about back in the days. This isn't back in the days. People can talk to me like I'm not still that same kid in high school. I've elevated a little bit in stature and life and everything. You can't you can't talk to me the same. We can't treat me the same way. So people keep talking about things like the go to for Terrence Crawford is something that happened years ago. Overlooking the cycle of fights that have taken place since then. So let's just go strictly to the same timeline. When um, Bob Arum said he wanted Spence, TC said he wanted Pac-Man. At that time, Spence said he would fight TC for 60-40 because TC said it from his own mouth in an interview, said it looks like the fight will never happen because he's talking this 60-40, and if anything, I'm getting 60 and he's getting 40. So what TC said from his own mouth, just look it up. None of this is speculation. None of this is innuendo. None of this is, well, if this, this is all true that you can look up for yourself. And another thing that happened was Spence ended up getting the Pacquiao fight and TC didn't. You couldn't call that a duck then because your guy wanted Manny Pacquiao, but he couldn't get him and Spence got him. Otherwise, you would have tried to call it a duck then. Spence gets injured, and so he pulls out of the Manny Pacquiao fight, and then you call him a ducker, and you say that he ducked Manny Pacquiao for pulling out of the fight. Your Dennis Ugas steps in on short notice, and he beats Manny Pacquiao, who's really the rightful holder of the WBA belt because he's actually the guy who beat uh, Keith Thurman so then uh, uh um so then Ugas goes in, beats him, and earns the belt. 
because he basically beat Manny. To, he has the WBA belt. So now Earl Spence says, for my return fight off of surgery on my eye, I am going to fight a champion the same way for my return fight after a life-threatening car accident, I'm choosing to fight Danny Garcia and people call him a ducker. But if you run through, if you run through a uh, Terrence Crawford's resume, Ugas would be the best fighter on his resume. Sean Porter beat Ugas in a highly debatable fight. But the best victory on Sean Porter's resume doesn't equate to a Manny Pacquiao. And at the time when Ugas beat Manny Pacquiao, it was the Manny Pacquiao sweepstakes. Everybody in the Walter Waite division wanted Manny from Crawford himself to Earl himself. And somehow Ugas ends up the one getting the fight and he wins. Someone told me that oh, the reason why TC wanted Manny Pacquiao was because he wanted to he wanted Manny to pass the torch to him. He wanted to beat Manny so he could inherit the torch. He could inherit uh, fame off the name. He could inherit all those things. Okay, cool. I give you that. That's why he wanted TC. That's why, I mean, that's why he wanted Manny. That's why he didn't want Earl. So it's not a duck. I give you that. But guess what happened? Ugas beat him and took the torch. Ugas beat him and took fame off the name. Ugas beat him and now inserted himself in a discussion. So now Earl Spence wants to fight the man who beat Manny Pacquiao and took the torch so he could inherit the torch, so he could inherit all that, and somehow it's called a duck. I, I don't get it. At the end of the day, he's fighting another champion. He's fighting someone who did something that TC wanted to do himself, beat Manny Pacquiao, something that he wanted to do himself, beat Manny Pacquiao, and get the WBA belt. His first fight after having eye surgery. If you don't want to buy the fact that he had eye surgery, fine. So what's going to end up happening is people are going to say Ugas is an elite, Ugas is a bum, when Earl Spence fights him for the belt. But then next year when TC fights him, somehow he's going to be good again. <laughs> somehow he's going to be the man again. The same way it happened with Kell Brook, the same way it happened with Sean Porter, and the same way it's about to happen with Ugas. The question is, if Earl is such a bum, why is TC's biggest victories fighting guys he already beat first? If, if, if Earl's such a bum, why is he beating you to the punch, beating all the big names in your division? Hell, there's only like, one guy in the division he can beat, well, two, and Earl's about to fight him. There's only two guys in the division he can really beat to prove he's better than Earl that Earl hasn't beaten that were former champions, and that's um, Keith Thurman and Ugas. But Danny, I mean, but uh, Earl's about to beat him to Ugas, which is why people are crying. There's some other names out there we're going to get into that in a later segment that TC can step in the ring with, but his fans don't want him to step in the ring with, the, with that guy. So they want to try to protect them. This is what when fanboying goes wrong. At the end of the day, he's fighting another champion, another champion who has a big win over Manny Pacquiao. He's going for the belt. He's doing something that no one else in the Walter Waite division, key Walter Waite division has done in a long time. He's collecting belts. So salute to Earl. No, it's not a duck. 
The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is the growing outcry, mainly by Earl Spence fans, that why doesn't TC fight someone like Jerron Ennis? Why doesn't he fight Boots Ennis? Since he's not going to fight um, Sean Porter in his prime, since he's not going to fight Danny Garcia in his prime, since he's not going to fight Keith Thurman in his prime, why doesn't he fight someone like Jerron Boots Ennis? And so I'm going to turn it over to you, Conspirit G. What's your reaction to that? Do you think Terrence Crawford should fight Jerron Boots Ennis? Yes. Right now, no. And the reason why is because, all right, what happened in the heavyweight division, I feel like it happened in any division. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was the whole time we was waiting for AJ versus Wilder. And then lo and behold, some guy named Usyk popped up, you know? So to me, if I was TC, I wouldn't even risk it. We all know Boots got skills, and he's next up. But I remember when Keith Thurman was the champ and when Earl Spence was coming up, and Keith would just ignore any talk about Earl Spence, right? He was like, yo, he's a nobody, you know, like he has to earn, uh, you know, what did he say? He said something about along the line, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, he had to earn his way to, to fight in Keith Thurman, right? And and at first, you go like, ah, that's a sucker move, this, that, there. But when you think about it, it's like rightfully so. It's a prize fighting. So, you know, why should TC, like, give a helping hand to Boots? I don't, I don't see how that makes sense for TC. At this point in TC's career, he just wants to fight, uh, fight champions or even former champions because that's what's going to generate money for him. Boots, although in the boxing world he's known, to casuals he's not. So TC will take a short going backwards trying to fight uh, Boots Ennis right now. So I just feel like TC, just wait for one of the big names to pop up. I wouldn't even risk it because if you lose, then now people may not even want to see you versus Spence. Now people want to see Spence versus uh, Boots. You know, so I, I don't know. It's, to me, it's a it's a gamble that I don't think he needs right now. So I would advise TC, just wait until a big name pops up and you take that fight. Don't risk it with Boots Ennis because this dude could possibly beat you. And then now you left Bob for nothing. Don't try on them boots. All right, uh, throw it all up. <laughs> uh, to Terrence Crawford fight, Jerron Ennis. Yeah, no. I'm with I'm I'm with G. I'm with G. I'm with yeah no. Um I would love to see that fight. I would love to see that fight. But it's um when we was coming up, right? We was coming up in the streets, right? We would say the and we was doing dirt, we said the risk had to equal the reward. You know? That's what we would say in the streets. And um this risk is no reward, <laughs> you know. Um, Boots is a problem. Boots would be a, a serious problem, um, and so no. And I think we know from seeing y'all take a page from G. Y'all know I like TC, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at his resume. You see, he has been playing it safe. And I don't see that he would go do something out of the norm and challenge somebody like 
boots. You know what I'm saying? I would see him challenge somebody like Connor Ben before he does boots. You know? Um, but TC has to he has to do something to help his resume because that's what's gonna come is gonna come down to at the end. This is this is people are gonna start questioning it. We all know that he's a he's a great fighter and he's shown that he's a great fighter against the people that they put in front of him. But there's gonna come a time where people are gonna start talking about his resume. And I think it would help him if he can put some good solid names on that resume. Because that's the only way that's gonna help him with negotiations. Because where Earl is doing is he's leading. And as far as with, especially if we can grab this other this other belt, when it goes time to sit down at that table, who you think is going to have more leverage? Who you think is going to be in the driver's seat for the sixty forty, maybe even a little more? So, I think he definitely need to do some soul searching because TC he has to fight somebody. He has to fight somebody, and if he does fight Boots, he will gain a whole bunch of respect. I know a lot of uh, boxing casuals might not know who Boots is, but from the boxing world, the boxing public, he will get a lot of respect. And then the casuals will catch on later. You know? They already on them. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, it's the diehard, like boxing, boxing people who'll be like, I don't know, man, he, he, his, his, his resume is kind of weak, but his fans, they already on them. So, I think there will be if he can if he can he TC got to do something for that resume. That's basically what he got. He got to do something for that resume. But this is boxing, you know what I'm saying? It's all the risks, no rewards with fighting a guy like Boots because Boots is a problem. And he can punch, punch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, TVE. Uh, now I think. TC, she's just looking at his office right now and not fight um, Gerard Ennis. See what what what, what money what, what contracts he can get out here before he go get into any fights. And honestly, I think he should just wait out, get get a little tune up before he fight um before he um fight Ennis. Fight fight the same time, um Spence fights Ugas. Fight a week uh before a week after, and then you know get in talks about setting that up, making that happen. Sorry about that, y'all, but. You know, I don't think he should be going into the danger zone with fighting other fighters that puts um TC at risk of losing his belt and losing the opportunity against Spence. So, yeah, I just think he should just worry about other things. He has other things to worry about than, Ger- than Geron Ennis. Uh, to answer the question directly, no. I don't think he should fight Geron Boots Ennis, um, especially if he's trying to prove something to Earl Spence fans because it's not going to work. Because if he wins, people are going to say, you still can't beat Earl. And if he loses, everyone's going to be like, well, imagine what Earl would have done to him. I hate that argument. Like, it's just, it gets on my nerves. This is like the fanboy new thing is to just put a barrier in between them. We'll fight this person and fight that person. Me, personally, I think Jerron Boots Ennis has a really good chance of beating Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence. So this isn't the dude to play with. You know, like G said, you know, my money's on. He got next. And so, like, if you want to make it early, all right, put him in the equation. He's not in the equation right now. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to put them in the equation right now. So keep them out of the equation right now. TC has a fight that the world wants to see, which is rare when you can capture the attention of the world and the public. And that's Spence and Crawford. People want to see that fight. The reason why, to me, what Spence is doing cannot be considered ducking is he's doing something that's going to add to the intrigue of a fight with TC. And that's he's trying to collect the WBA belt so that if they fought one another, it would be for undisputed. You can't tell me that fight doesn't get bigger if it's undisputed. It definitely does. And it definitely finally makes an heir to Floyd Mayweather because you would have the undefeated Earl Spence Jr. versus the undefeated Terrence Crawford for undisputed. Now, when you look at it that way, realistically, there's no dispute that the winner of this fight is the guy at Walter Wade, is the heir to Floyd Money Mayweather, right? And for TC's troubles, all he had to do was beat a Jeff Horn who was gifted the belt anyway. And Earl had to beat Kel Brook, Sean Porter, and your Dennis Ugas. So if you're going to be fair about it, when you come to the table and negotiate splits, to me, what TC just needs to do is humble himself and take 40. If if that's even what he deserves, because depending on how that fight happens with Ugas, let's say Earl Spence goes in and dominates Ugas, completely blows him out. 60-40 may be too much. He may be giving away too much in that split. But from my, but from my point of view, if you're an Earl Spence fan telling him to fight uh, Jerron Ennis, that's, that, that does nothing. If anything, that's a possible threat to what we want to see. We want to see. I guarantee you if TC fights Jerron Ennis and Jerron Ennis cleans him out, washes him, Earl Spence moving up to 154. He's going to say, Jerron, you can have you can have it. All those belts are vacant. Jerron, it's the Jerron cleanup era. That's that's not what we want. We actually want to see Crawford fight Spence. We actually want to see that. So to me, for Crawford's next fight, you know, I don't know when Crawford's trying to get back in the ring. I know uh, Thurman's fighting uh, Barrios, Barrios, whatever. He's fighting him, you know, on pay-per-view, which it shouldn't be. But if Thurman beats him, then I think TC should fight him and if, if he's looking for a fight or if he wants to immediately go into the fight with Earl Spence, um, you know, they're finalizing that fight between Spence and Ugas. So I'm assuming TC is going to be able to have another fight um, in between his fight with, with Porter. I would love to see him fight, say, a Keith Thurman or fight someone of that caliber. If, if Danny Garcia want to get in there, fight a Danny Garcia, fight someone of that caliber and then get in there with Earl Spence for Undisputed. I would love to see that. I don't need him to risk it. I don't need I don't need TC to prove to me that he can beat Jerron Ennis. It doesn't matter to me. The only thing that matters to me is that they make the fight with Earl Spence. And I think, you know, TC has to take a look in the mirror and be like, yo, I'm going to give this man 60. I'm going to take 40. I'm going to beat his A. And then I'm the dog from here on out. From here on out, I'm the shot caller. But I think he's going to take that because I do believe that Earl has done enough to earn the lion's share. 
based on the quality of our position, based on beating these guys first. So all the Earl Spence fans who want to see TC fight Jerron Boots in is for what? If he wins, you're not going to give him credit and say he can beat Earl. If he if if he loses, then you're going to try to act like you know Earl can beat him, which isn't necessarily true either. So the whole Jerron Boots in his thing is this, you know, I'm, I'm with you guys like, yo, when it's Boots time, it's going to be Boots time. But he has to earn the shot as a mandatory because I don't think either one of them should give it to him. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is the PBC fears Crawford fans will bootleg his fight with Earl Spence Jr. So a PBC, a PBC executive came out and basically said that there are concerns that Terrence Crawford fans will bootleg the fight with Earl Spence Jr. So here's an article from Boxing News 24 in which Tim Smith says fans will steal Crawford versus Spence on pay-per-view. So here's an article, and it says, uh, Tim Smith of PBC says the reason the Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr. Walter Wade clash hasn't been made is based on economics. Smith believes that boxing fans won't purchase the Crawford versus Spence fight. Instead, they'll pirate it and won't pay. The unbeaten WBO 147-pound champion Crawford hasn't been built into a pay-per-view star by his promoter during his 14-year professional career. Smith says Crawford will want too much money for the fight with Spence to be made, and the fans won't support it by purchasing it in high enough numbers. Crawford hasn't been built into a pay-per-view attraction, economics, and you don't really want to insult a guy like Terrence Crawford, who is a tremendous talent, and I'm not taking away anything from his talent, said Tim Smith of Premier Boxing Champions when asked why Earl Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford fight hasn't been made. He said, uh, but he hasn't been built into a pay-per-view star, Smith continued about Crawford, failing to capitalize on his success inside the ring by turning into a big money attraction. I'm not saying that to throw shade at the guy, but you've got to go on his track record, said Smith, about Crawford not being a pay-per-view draw. You've got to go and look at what he's done in the pay-per-view fights he's been at, been involved in. He said, it's not my job to tell anybody how to tell him, Crawford, how to make a pay-per-view star. We have enough work on our hands trying to make our own guys into pay-per-view guys, but he just hasn't been built, Smith said, all of Crawford having not been built into a pay-per-view star by his former promoters. Trust me, if there was money in him fighting Earl Spence, we could we could get what we want. That's what it says. He could get what he wants. And Earl Spence could get what he wants. That fight would get made. But you don't want to insult the guy, Smith said of Crawford. So there you go. And here's uh, some of the reasons why Crawford isn't a pay-per-view attraction. It says Crawford is a southpaw, counterpuncher, lack of combination punching, too focused on defense, shy slash reserved personality, and not comfortable trash talking. So basically, uh, those are some of the reasons why uh Tim Smith, an exec for PBC, is saying that Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence Jr. hasn't been made because they fear that the fans will bootleg the fight. I'm going to turn it over to you, Trill Dollar Bill. What's your reaction to that? The TBE isn't even a Crawford fan. 
so they don't even know what they <laughs> tell them TBE. He's a Spence fan, so they don't even know what they talk about. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> make it sound like an excuse to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, now, nah, what I've said, uh, PBC, they're funny. <laughs> it's funny. They did. They pulled a G. Like, hey, we like him. <laughs> we like him. <laughs> He's just wet. He just he can't sell no pay per views, <laughs> but he got talent. You know, what I mean? um, we like him. We like him. I'm not trying to insult him. I'm not trying to insult him. But blah blah blah. They just ran down. But the list. but I like. Him. You know what I'm saying? Um, look at his pay per view numbers. Yeah, I know. he made yo, uh, Mr. Smith. He made he made a lot of valid points. He made a lot of valid points, except for I don't know. I'm not gonna call the uh, Crawford fans. Uh, Thieves and said that they're gonna, you know, uh, steal the pay per view. You know, I'm not gonna go that far, you know. Uh, but I will say that he made a lot of points, he made a, a lot of valid points, you know. Um, and I think it's a concern, I think it's definitely a concern. But, um, I think that I think that he 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 made some valid points. But as far as you know, the bootlegging of the fights, I just think he was just doing a little. A jab on the, you know, a little football. You know, with football, they punch people underneath the uh, the pads and all that. That's what I think he was doing. He was just giving an illegal shot underneath the pads. That's what he was doing. All right, Conspirator G. You know, it's tough because his argument is sound. But I agree with Trill. Saying the Crawford fans are going to bootleg. <laughs> now you're reaching, you know. But however... He's not the first person to say that this money, this fight isn't profitable. Bob said this a couple of months ago. And so I I have to believe that there's something that the, the average viewer is not considering. You know, they're probably considering marketing dollars and everything else and networks and how they want their money. And they're probably doing the calculations and it's just like it's, it's too risky, you know. And it doesn't help that Crawford's a nice guy. You know, he doesn't really talk trash. He doesn't really promote himself. He stays in, is it Kansas? Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. He stays in the Midwest, secluded with his family. It's hard to sell a guy like that, man. It's, so I understand what they're saying, you know, but I kind of feel like a piece of me is saying, eh. They're coming up with an excuse just in case if that fight does flop. They could be like, yo, we already knew that about Crawford. You know, but um, so to me, I say, hey, if PBC, if you pick up Crawford, then you guys have to do a good job at promoting Crawford to the people. You know, uh, because I, I do agree, Crawford's, uh, like his, his platform should be a lot bigger, right? Bob, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but Bob's not really spending that much money on marketing uh, his boxers, right? But now that this guy left, I'm like, oh, maybe he knew, you know, he wasn't really down with team top rank. Who knows? I don't know. But, you know, yeah, Bob has to do something to sell himself. Like, he just has to sell himself better. He has to be more visible. He has to do more interviews. He got to go to other sporting events, go to NBA games, go to NFL games, like, do something to just become a household name. He has to do that because, uh, you know, boxing diehards aren't going to carry you to a pay-per-view fight. 
you need to like do something else that casuals go, hey, you know what? I have to see this Crawford versus Spence. If you don't do that, man, then I can understand why they're like, hey, I don't know if this is going to be worth it right now. You know, and it's not like they're lying because your own or well, your former promoter said the very same thing about you, uh, about this fight. I won't even I won't even classify it just Crawford. The Crawford Spence fight, he said it wasn't even profitable. So it's something to consider. Or I agree with you, G. Or he could just come on the Boxing Bros. We'll get him that fight and the exposure that he needs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Led the TBE. Uh, that was – he did pull a G right there with bashing him and show, trying to show him love. But, you know, hey, I just feel this fight – I just feel that um, everybody's been waiting on this fight so long. And if it was to flop, it would be because the fight – the fight wasn't promoted as it should have been. But I think PBC is going to get the job. Crawford just needs to sh- – at this point, Crawford just needs to show up. And it's like it, – it's just – it's just it's, – it's, it's, we've, we've waited so long. I think there's no – um there's no, like, there's no hype behind it. There's, like, the hype behind it has driven a lot of fans. Like, even with everything that's going with, been going on with ESPN, with Crawford leaving – with the back and forth, with Spence um um being out, coming back, being out again, I just feel the bootlegging. I don't think I don't think I don't think it's gonna play a big. I don't think the fight not selling is, is should be the main issue. I think the fight's gonna be really lucrative for both parties for TC if he signs with PVC or if PVC just pays um um funds this whole thing. I think everybody will be fine with it. I don't think they should be really out here trying to bash the parties. What's up, G? All right. Remember Wilder Fury 2. Yeah. But Fox, well, I believe it was Fox, right? That put like over a million dollars in marketing and promotion. Yeah. And then they barely broke even. They but Wilder Fury is a heavyweight fight, They bro. needed 1.1 million Hold to on. break even and they yeah. showed 800,000, G. They, they didn't off, break they even. Lost. So they took a loss. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but, so think about that's the heavyweight too? fight. Now we're talking about welterweights, and one welterweight isn't really promoted. But that's different circumstances. The Water Fury two came after, like the the um the Water Fury one when everybody was like, "All right, this this is this, we don't this fight was clearly a, a wash, and who would want to see it again?" But then the second fight, Water got his behind whoop, and then that led to the hype for the third fight. No, right? but I'm talking about the second fight. Yes, the second nobody wanted to see the second fight, and they were doing so many. There was so much delays. Water fought, uh, Fury fought somebody else. They they fought in between fights, and it was it just it was just like we don't care about these guys. They 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 um they lost the um the fuel the 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 um the the, the attention of the audience from that from their performance in that first fight. Well, and then the second fight after that that brought everybody in and everything, all the speculation and everything that was going on made that fight happen. This fight right here, there's so much going on that it's not even – we don't even know what, what TC's about to do next. TC left ESPN. He's a free agent. Spence had the eye injury. He's, we're waiting to see how he looks. And, you know, if Spence looks amazing against Ugas, who cares what Crawford does? I think I think it's going to sell on its own. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be so hyped up. It's going to – it's like everybody's – everybody's all the casuals going to tune in for this fight. That's what I think. That's how I feel. It's because it's gonna just be a big entertainment moment 
for 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 a big pay per view moment for everybody to just spend money. One last question. Go ahead. Are you gonna pay for that fight? Be honest. I'm gonna pay for the food at G's crib. <laughs> That's good enough. That's good enough. There we go. I guess. All right. <laughs> Yo, stop the cap. So nobody bootlegged Wilder Fury. One, two, and three. Nobody bootlegged it. A lot of people did. That's what I'm saying. They I remember at one point that was Wilder's fans' argument was like his fans were the biggest bootleggers, like his fights were the most bootlegged. Remember that? It was like, yeah, he only did like 200,000 pay-per-view buys, but 10 million people bootlegged it. Yo, newsflash, Mr. Uh, Smith, every fight is getting bootlegged. But rather than worrying about people bootlegging Spence versus Crawford, you need to be worried about people bootlegging Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin. You need to be worried about people bootlegging Keith Thurman versus uh, Mario Barrios. That's what you need to be worried about people bootlegging because those fights should never have been on pay-per-view. But this fight right here, people are going to watch it. The type of numbers it would do, I honestly have no idea. What I can tell you is this. The fights that tend to do well have, you know, each fighter has their side of fans who have argued so much about who they think would win that they're actually like emotionally invested in the outcome. They're actually like involved in the outcome of the fight. So I'll give you an example. Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. Although I love Pacquiao and Trill loves Pacquiao, whenever we would be approached about who we think would win, I'd say I think Floyd would win. Trill said I think Floyd would win. And the Pacquiao fan would snap on us. Like, just snap on us. Like, oh, blah, 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 going in. I'm like, yo, I like the Pac-Man. I just think it's a difficult matchup for him to overcome for X, Y, Z. It was almost deeper than boxing with them. I'm talking X's and O's of the sport, and they're going in about a bunch of other things. And I'm like, I love all those things about Manny, too. I just think he's not going to be able to throw combinations against Floyd because of his slick athleticism, counterpunching, and reflexes. Oh, 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 Manny Pacquiao has reflexes, too. Never said he didn't. I'm just giving you my opinion. And it just became Pacquiao's fans versus Floyd's fans. And it just became like a movement. Either your team Pac or your team Floyd, and they can't get along until the fight's over, right? Um, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. Although we've never seen that fight, that fight's still big to this day. Because everyone had their arguments, and it was like, oh, Wilder would spark him out. No, nah, Joshua would beat him. And it's Wilder-Joshua argument. You had two sides. You had people on two sides involved in these heated arguments to the point where it's you become emotionally invested in that fight. Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford is the same thing. You have Earl Spence fans, and you have Terrence Crawford fans, and they're all so passionate about their fight and, like, Every fight to them that Crawford has is about Earl Spence. And every fight that Earl Spence has is about Terrence Crawford. To me, it's just about boxing. But I get caught in the cross because if I say something critical about TC, oh, but he'll kill Earl Spence. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Right? If I say something critical about Earl Spence, but Terrence Crawford, whatever, I don't give a damn. That's not what, what I'm doing. I'm simply talking about my opinion on the fight 
So, like, I think these mega fights are about how much people are invested, like emotionally invested in the fight. Also, if you're someone like Canelo, people are invested because half the people love you and half the people prey on your downfall. Like Floyd. If you're Floyd, half the people love you, half the people pray on your downfall. So when Floyd walks into arena, half of the people are yelling, oh, works, easy work, hard work, dedication. And half the people jump up when someone even comes close to landing a punch on Floyd. <laughs> you know, so it's about do you invoke feelings in a person? That's why AB, uh, Adrian Brona, still is relevant because people people seen him lose, but people never really seen him knocked out. Like people never seen him flatlined on the floor. And so until that happens, every time he's involved in a fight, people are always going to watch it because they want to see someone knock out AB because they they don't like him or they or they dislike him. Roley. Roley Romero, if you can put feelings in the viewer, then you can sell. So I believe that fight will sell because I'm telling you that the amount of hate I get in the comment section over discussing this fight, there are people invested in this. There are people involved. So if they all buy the fight, then this fight should do good numbers. So I'm not one who thinks that this fight is going to do poor pay-per-view numbers. I think it's 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 disgraceful to try to say People are going to bootleg the fight because people bootleg every fight. The question is, stop worrying about how many people are going to bootleg and start trying to worry about how many people are actually buy the fight. Give people a reason to buy the fight, you know? And if you feel like Crawford isn't a big enough star and you know you need him to be, what you mean? It's not my business to tell him. Well, sh if it's going to help you, help him. I know he ain't a part of, of your tribe, but hell, at some point, you need to cash out because... Somebody rocking, knocking the boots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is a statement uh, made by Mauricio Suleiman, which is basically Cambosis is undisputed and Haney is a pride champion. Now, this isn't new. Most people discuss this, but, you know, given us, we don't get around to it. And we had our award show. If you haven't checked it out, check out the Boxing Bros Award Show. It's dope. We give out awards for uh, 2021. But we're going to uh, react to this video now. And here's what Mauricio Suleiman had to say about the WBC championship in the lightweight division. He regards Cambosos as truly undisputed as Devin Haney has the WBC lightweight title. Yes, uh, Devin Haney is the WBC lightweight title. He's a pride WBC champion. He has grown into being a tremendous champion. He defeated uh, Gamboa, defeated Linares, just had a great outing with Jojo Diaz. Sorry, man, I missed it. Uh, yeah. you, you, yo, you caught that. Y'all both caught that, right? I hope y'all caught that. Uh, Devin Haney is the WBC lightweight title. He's a pride WBC champion. <laughs> He has grown into being a tremendous champion. He defeated uh, Gamboa, defeated Linares, just had a great outing with Jojo Diaz. Uh, as I said, it's a new concept. Uh, Cambosos defeated uh, Lopez, who defeated Lomachenko. So uh, I, I do believe he's due recognition as, as undisputed champion and uh, great fights to come. All right. So. Hello, uh, you heard what Mauricio Suleiman had to say. 
about Devin and basically Cambosis. Cambosis is undisputed, and Devin is the pride champion. So, uh, Kaspira G, what's your reaction to that? All right, man. Yo, Mauricio Sumo, you a scumbag for this. <laughs> I'm like, maybe because he's Mexican, you know, from Mexico, that these type of titles don't translate well. You know what I mean? But essentially what I'm hearing is, yo, my man's the Pride Month champion, bro. I don't know, man. I don't sound right to me, man. It don't sit well. So it, it just seems crazy, you know? Um, now, I don't agree with Cambosis being undisputed because there is a dispute. But if you're going to downgrade my man Haney from a regular WBC champion to now this special Pride Month champion, what can I say, man? The WBC is doing what the WBC do. But I'm going to be honest. I was Haney. I'll throw that, that belt in the trash, man. I'm being – they can't dis- – they keep disrespecting this man. This young man is doing whatever you tell him to do, and then you congratulate him by saying, hey, here you go. You now the Pride Month champ. I don't know, man. This is getting crazy. This is getting crazy, man, with all due respect. And I, and I like to consider myself a progressive guy. But, yo, this is too much, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's too much. So, yo, Haney, man, get rid of that belt, man. They clearly don't respect you. You already seen what they done did to, to Dillian White. Now they playing games with you, man. So, I don't know, man. If, if you want to be the Pride champion, God, God speed, God bless. But... I don't know, man. This, this is just outrageous. Mauricio Suleiman just, he ceases to amaze me, man. Every time he does an interview, he says something else that's outrageous and ridiculous. Yeah, which brings me to the next point. The World Bros Commission have decided that we are going to make G the pride punch-off champion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy leave uh, punch, uh, boxing bros. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Trill Dollar Bill, what's your reaction? Oh man, Maurice Co. Suleiman, yeah. We be crooks, we be cheats. <laughs> now it's we be Casanovas. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you doing, player. I see what you doing, player. He trying to do, you know, the player mind trick going. You know what I'm saying? And. He couldn't even keep a straight face when he said it. <laughs> you see it, right? Soon as he said, and Devin Hanley is the pride champion, his whole face <laughs> changed. He started naming up with a smirk on his face. He couldn't even contain it. Cause he knew he was saying a whole bunch of crap. He was he was and he was doing it so smoothly too. He was trying to play him like, yeah, baby, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I know I didn't see you on Valentine's Day, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> he got me the day after, baby. He got me the day after. You know, he's basically just playing them. But um, true, you know what the day after Valentine's Day is called? Half <laughs> off chocolates. Exactly. <laughs> side piece is side piece, and that's what and that's what he's treating Devin Haney like. <laughs> and he's doing it smoothly too. That's why I said we be casting overs. And uh, <laughs> champion, I'm proud that you're my fake champion. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. And naming off his accomplishments too while he was doing it. You know what I'm saying? He's he's, he's special. <laughs> he know how to do it. He know how to do it. And look, if Devin Haney's gonna pay for those station and fees for those pride belts, why not? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, uh, look, you're only going to do 
Like for ladies, look, a man is only going to allow, uh, do what you allow. So, Devin, Mauricio. <laughs> That was Mauricio, right? That was a Mauricio. That was a Mauricio. <laughs> Mauricio is only gonna allow what you allow him to do. <laughs> you need to stand up for yourself, Devin. You know what I'm saying? Have some pride in yourself. <laughs> like yeah. Roly said, don't have Roly get don't, don't, don't have Roly start talking. <laughs> he gave right, me a off chocolate uh chocolate package. Here's his belt. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nah, Mauricio's he he's he's that was that was the most disrespectful backhanded compliment I've seen. Oh man, yeah, you're gonna say he's 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 a champion, he's a pride champion, and you know that just to discredit your man, you give him you send him a belt now, you you want to downgrade his belt. And I see all the belts you have in your crib, man. So you know, you just handing them out like Oprah. <laughs> man, it's crazy. I, he needs to be stopped. Yeah, that's yo, hilarious, TV, because you look at his bag. He had the belt. Hey, you want one of these? <laughs> <laughs> we want pride. Take <laughs> <laughs> <Pick> one. <laughs> oh man, yo, this so is crazy. We can't give you the rainbow because you can't got that belt. But we got you something better. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, man. Oh man, nah, but Devin, you got you got stand like Trust you gotta stand up for yourself, man. If you don't if you ain't if it ain't fighting Cambosis next, man, you might as well throw that belt in the trash. Because there's no way you should be letting them play around with your name like this. And you should tell you see walk next time you see Mauricio, you should let put let him know you need to put some respect on your name, man. Cause right now they playing with you, they toying with you a lot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, like Trill pointed out, he what he did was he dissed he dissed Taney, but made it seem like a compliment. <laughs> I don't know, like if you peep that, he basically said he's a pride champion. He's starting to grow, meaning like he's just now becoming like a championship caliber fighter. So he's just now starting to grow. He fought Gamboa. He fought Jorge Lenores. And he just had a good fight with Jojo Diaz. Then he goes over to um, Cambosis and says, he just beat Teofimo Lopez, who beat Vasily Lomachenko. So, yes, he is undisputed. Look at the different ways in which he spoke about both guys. With Haney, it's like, he's growing. He's pride. He's on the way. But he spoke about Cambosis as like he is indefinitely, without a doubt, the guy. You see the difference? That's why I'm trying to tell people. It's like it's like the perception of what actually is and what they tell you. They told you you was going to be the champion, but like you have Eddie Hearn running around saying, Devin Haney's the WBC champion. Devin Haney's the WBC champion. That's because he's his promoter. But he's running around saying Devin Haney's the real WBC champion. But when the president of the WBC was asked about you, he said you are a pride champion. Like to make you feel good. Because he wanted to let Vasily Lomachenko fight Teofimo Lopez. So to make you feel good, he made you a champion. So that good fights can happen. That's all of what he just said in that sentence. That's basically what he was saying. He's like, yeah, you my lady. 
lady. But you don't see her on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yo, it's yo, people don't understand. And the level of disrespect in what he said, but the way he made it come off is really like player. He really said, like, I'm trying to make the good fights. Devin was in the way. I gave him a belt and let the good fights happen. And there are plenty more good fights on the way. We normally don't do this. But now that we broke this down for you, and you know the strategy that Mauricio Suleiman is using, we are going to play that video again. <laughs> so you can actually hear what he's saying, and now it's going to sound different to you. Now you're going to be like, "I'm so mad, bro, because we should have nominated him for Player of the Year." <laughs> <laughs> we don't got that award. We need to we didn't make that award. Yo, now listen to now listen to what he's saying, and it's going to like it's going to resonate differently now when you hear it. You're going to be like, "Oh man, oh player, player, popcorn player." All right, check it out. He's a pride WBC champion. He has grown into being a tremendous champion. He defeated uh, Gamboa, defeated Linares, just had a great outing with Jojo Diaz. Uh, as I said, it's a new concept. Uh, Cambosos defeated uh, Lopez, who defeated Lomachenko. So uh, I, I do believe he's due recognition as, as undisputed champion. And uh, great fights to come. Thank you. <laughs> hey, salute, man. Respect to the pride champion. This guy yeah. Shout out to the players. <laughs> the last topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is our reaction to Luis Ortiz stopping Charles Martin in their pay-per-view extravaganza. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Trill Dollar Bill. Uh, what was your reaction? My reaction was this. Anybody want pizza bites? Yeah, I want some pizza bites. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that basically was my reaction when I seen that. It was, man, who was Charles Martin looking at? Like, you know what I'm saying? When he got his, like, he was like answering the question. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what it was. Somebody asked that. You want pizza bites? Yeah, I want some pizza bites. <laughs> that's, that's what my reaction was. Was wow, you know? Um, I didn't. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. I expected to be uh, not entertaining. It was some funny moments during that. Um, <laughs> during that. During that fight. Um, look, shout out to uh, Jack Johnson's sparring partner. Luis Ortiz, you know, <laughs> he, he showed he still got something left, you know, he still like showed that he got something left, man, and that, uh, you know, he's still a name, he's still a name to be reckoned with, and uh, Charles Martin, yeah. that was bad, you became a meme, my brother, you became <laughs> a meme. but you did well, you did well, you was able to put him down, you did well, you just didn't, uh, my brother Kata mentioned you didn't hop on him when you, you had the opportunity, you kind of let the opportunity pass, and this is what happened, you got punched into another uh, <laughs> <laughs> place, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but all in all, it was, it, was, it was good, I didn't expect that, I didn't expect that at all. All right, Conspirator G. Yeah, th this fight was, it was tough because 
nobody's looking at either gentleman. But I'm going to be honest, I definitely wasn't looking at no Charles Martin to do what he did. Even though he got violated at the end, he did drop Ortiz twice. You know, like, first, I believe it was, like, the straight left. He caught him, like, somewhere, like, behind the ear area, but he dropped him. And then he hit him with a jab and dropped Ortiz again, you know. But I will say this, though, Trill, when he did uh, drop Ortiz the first time, he did try to go for the kill. He was just missing, you know. So, like, he was swinging. Just Ortiz was just bobbing and weaving all of them. So, it is it, weird. But then it, it makes me look at Ortiz a certain way. Because after this, even though it was a victory, man, he took a lot of punishment. And he wasn't as fluid in the ring as he normally is. So, I kind of feel like Ortiz is kind of on his way out, you know. Um, now, Ortiz, he did catch homeboy. Um, it was like a... It was like an overhand left, and it connected. And, then, you know, that's when Charles Martin just started seeing the sky. It was just in La La Land, you know. Um, but prior to that, man, it was a close competitive fight, you know. So either Charles Martin is better than what we thought he was or Ortiz just isn't as good as we thought he was, you know. And I don't know. It was a good fight, though. It was a worth pay-per-view, no? But nonetheless, it still was entertaining. Both gentlemen, you know, hit the floor. So kudos to them for making an entertaining fight. It's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, this is pay-per-view because I'm pretty sure these guys didn't really make a return uh, based off of pay-per-view sales. But salute to both gentlemen. All right. Oh, Nate, the TV. Uh, that was that was a crazy like it was a crazy fight and I feel for both of these gentlemen because even though I feel like they both of them are washed up they shouldn't have had endured this type of punishment <laughs> but you know grandfather grandpa Ortiz abuelo Ortiz yo, it's time for you to hang it up abuelo <laughs> I know yo he did one of one of the most impressive moments from that night, he did not um he not he, I don't know where he said he said Charles Martin somewhere because he was frozen for like a good couple seconds <laughs> right there <laughs> the ref, ref, ref just it off you not know where he was when he got it <laughs> oh my goodness my the crazier part was after the ref was like all right your fight's done my man Charles Boy is still trying to fight on tease bro I'm like yo you lost it's okay Charles Charles man with the guard even unconscious, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking to, he looked into the crowd. He's like, yeah. He's not, he not, he not Charles consciousness into like the April. <laughs> oh, man, it was bad. It was bad, yo. It was a bad, man. You know, but these two dudes, I think they, 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 their best years are behind them. And, you know. I, I just I, I I don't know I can't I wouldn't uh it wasn't worth it wasn't worth the money no it was a good fight it was all right but these two dudes just need to hang it up now I don't know I can't see them like do this much damage to themselves anymore. <clears throat> yeah, you know, at first I was disappointed that this fight was on pay per view. I'm like, yo, why in the world would they do it? They're idiots. Like this doesn't make any sense. They're gonna lose money, but. You know, what is money really? You know, it's not really always that important. The, the important thing was 
They did it so that Luis Ortiz can cross it off his bucket list. <laughs> now he can say he fought on pay-per-view and that he's a pay-per-view fighter. And so for that, I understand. I mean, we owe it to Luis Ortiz. You know, um, in fact, they actually did some research. And they went back and they saw a picture of Luis Ortiz in the ancient hieroglyphics. So Luis Ortiz is a legend. We're talking about Hall of Famers. This dude is a living legend etched in stone, literally, forever. So how can we sit here in, in front of Luis Ortiz? You know, the one thing about grumpy old men is that they really want their respect and they really preach discipline. So at the end of the day, you know, the old man Ortiz got punched in the mouth twice and dropped twice by the young lad, uh, Charles Martin. And he put that act right in him, gave him that overhand uh, left and instantly hit the act right, put the act right in Charles Martin. He was like, I don't want to fight. Why can't we love each other? <laughs> then he went, got his hand caught in the ropes. Listen, Luis Ortiz did what any old man would do. Now, you know, it's, it's always natural, right? You know, young man, older man, you know, say father-son dynamic, right? You know, son gets older, son gets bigger, starts to feel like he can test the dad, you know? And what Luis Ortiz did was show the prince that he wasn't ready to be king, you know? Um, so that's why uh, Prince Charles got rocked by King Kong Ortiz, and so uh, I'll just say this. The fight was entertaining, but for all the wrong reasons. I was watching two aging, diminishing. Well, one aged, one <laughs> aging, one aged, one aging fighter, right? Fighting each other and beating the hell out of each other. And I'm glad it ended the way it did. Luis Ortiz, we're talking about Derek Chisora getting up out of there but you need to get up out of there too because your time is done you done done i mean if i'm daniel dubois i want you if i'm joe joyce i want you if hell g get ready big baby pimpin versus louise ortiz let's make it happen if, if we can make it happen because that right there is ready. a hell of a fight and i and i think i would pick big baby pimpin but you know all jokes aside Luis Ortiz got the dub, but he he definitely looked like he's fading and fading fast. And and I, I would be very concerned for him against anyone in like the top 10 because, you know, I don't think he belongs in the top 10 anymore. And I actually think it, it's it's time for him to consider hanging it up. Matter of fact, I, this is where Greg, uh, I'm going to be positive. Your boy Derek Chisora might knock him out. Mm, just saying, you know what I mean? I mean, that'd be a good one, but he definitely had Charles Martin looking for the exit, literally. <laughs> yeah, well, Charles Martin, don't Charles Martin look like uh, Tracy uh, Morgan? <laughs> 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 Morgan, bro. 
<laughs> he was looking for the exit. He was saying, let us know how you feel in the comment section. Please like and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. And please check out our podcast on all major streaming services. That's the TBE. That's New Year, New G. That's Kaden and I'm the People's Champ, the Commissioner Trail Dollar Bill. And you know who we are. We're the Boxing Bros. Thank you for rocking with us.